Welcome to Media Roots Radio. This is Abby Martin. This is Robbie Martin. So it's been a while. I've been in Venezuela. Robbie's been working hard uh, at the Bay on his next film, and we apologize for the delay, but there was a good reason for it, and now we're back in full effect, and we have a lot to talk about. Um, a lot has happened, huh, Robbie? Um, if you want to hear about the Venezuela trip, we have a whole other podcast just on that. It's two hours long, really insane stuff. Um, definitely check it out. And of course, Empire Files series coming out in Venezuela as well in the near future. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, we don't know which ep- order the episodes will be coming out in, so we can't say. Um, <laughs> but if it's possible by the time you're already listening to this, that the Venezuela episode will be out. Um, but other than that, the headlines that pretty much stole everyone's attention, um, this last week was Kofifi and <laughs> Kathy Griffin holding up a facsimile Donald Trump severed head. Um, and at first when I saw it, I was like, it even shocked me a little bit as someone who's made a fake beheading video. I was like, damn, I was surprised like a comedian who's on like generic, like she's super mainstream would want to like put her career at risk doing something so crazy and i kind of was like admired it a little bit first but then she like tearfully apologized um Mm -hmm. the next day and i was like okay well why would you have done it in the first place yeah it's like didn't you know what you were gonna be it's like it's like roseanne posing in the hitler outfit with the baked cookies taking them out of the oven it's like all right it's a little bit Mm -hmm. out there definitely inviting so that the controversy for sure yeah and that like caused a bunch of outrage you know and then people brought up the good you know the good point of like um you know republicans obviously didn't care when there was like effigies of obama being like lynched and stuff you know obama yeah. the one point that i saw that was actually like made me like kind of think a little bit is no matter how much you hate obama's policies like the way that he approached the public was just so much more like calm and like not like insane i mean like not like a total insane person well i mean it's hard to compare well, it's like, trump to it's anyone. like it is like the most different demeanor you could possibly compare right because like imagine all the times obama had to see effigies of himself being hung or like crazy racist shit about him like online and he just never oh i don't even God, know if he yeah. hardly ever commented on it right no, he i just, don't like, think he i don't let think it he bounce ever did. Off of yeah him. you can't i'm sure in private he was probably right. really shocked about it but like he knew that that was something that would just be like to come out there and like play victim about like all this like racist, you know, and violent incitement. He would just him. be mocked more by the right, you know. He did it once during the campaign against John McCain, and he actually said during a debate that in John McCain's audiences and Sarah Palin's audience, there's people shouting "Kill him!" Oh my God! Do you remember that? No. Back in two thousand, I think it was two thousand seven. So, but it is it is interesting that people are still like. Like, I mean, that's a pretty hardcore thing to do in general, to do the, like a photo shoot holding a Donald Trump severed head. The double standard with Obama and Trump is just unbelievable. <laughs> the obstruction of every single thing he did just based on the premise. I don't know if it was because he was black or a Democrat, but it, it is insane. And it was yeah. just so hyper partisan and completely bullshit. And well, it's like he wasn't, he was a Muslim, secret Muslim. Yeah. And he wasn't, he was secretly not born here and trying to like hide it. Yeah, it's like, like we, that was the we whole... shouldn't forget that Trump, it's like, yes, Hillary Clinton's campaign planted the seed for the mm-hmm. turban photo, but like, come on, Trump, our new president of the empire is the person who made himself like 
politically, quote unquote, relevant by challenging Obama's birth certificate. Long it's after outrageous. the fact that it became like almost out of the right wing media news cycle. They weren't even harping on it anymore. He did it like a year after it was like a right wing talk radio like thing. It was really odd, actually. It was like Bat Boy. And the almost odder than that was that Obama actually released his birth certificate as response That's to so it. That's so crazy. So in some ways, he actually kind of gave him some validity by doing that. <laughs> and like, he, speaking of how Obama never really addressed any of the other controversy and stuff and racial criticism, that is odd that he even cowtailed to that to even put the birth certificate out it's like why did he even give credence to trump i mean i guess because it was such a sustained campaign over months and months and months it was just like all right here it is maybe he wanted to make donald trump look like an idiot and it backfired i don't know but didn't even alex jones be like this is not a real birth certificate it's like it doesn't even yeah. matter what you put no, out i know but i mean there's a lot of people who have this theory that trump decided to run after obama roasted him about mm -hmm. running for president right at the white house correspondence so it's yeah. like Obama, there is something to, there is a reality to the fact that Obama probably does have a particular hatred for Donald Trump and wanted to try to make him look like a fool. And I, and they write, Alex Jones and all those people are like, it's still fake. Like, this is a stunt. It's a fake birth certificate. So it didn't matter. So maybe they learned something from them then, but they obviously didn't because look at what, like, shit like Pizzagate is now the norm now. So oh, yeah. now it's even it's blown yeah 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 and we'll get into looks like child's play compared oh my to like God. the conspiracies that are going on now like i saw someone some meme that was just like twitter last year and it just showed like a guy in like a or it was the guy from twin peaks like the, just a, him in a distinguished suit and then it was like twitter in 27 2017 it was like the guy just like massacred with like blood all well over no the it was it was because there's two uh kyle mclaughlin gives a thumbs up a lot in twin peaks yeah, yeah, so he yeah. was like giving a thumbs up like in a really like standing yeah, yeah, yeah. up and then the second one was him, him murdered murdered on the ground giving the thumbs up <laughs> <laughs> that's how i feel every time i go online it's like wading through a trash pile um that's what america's become i mean trump is our president how can anyone take this country seriously I, is I, I still am waking up every day i know i just I, I feel like this point is belabored enough but like i still feel like we're living in earth too yeah i mean even when uh he tweeted kofifi i oh, was up for god's sake it, it, i was like i immediately looked at Lori and i was like oh my god he actually just tweeted this and he hasn't deleted it yet and it's like midnight there. And I was just thinking, like, how weird is it that he's up at midnight for like a 70, I don't know how many years old he is, but like 70, yeah, grandpa aged, yeah. tweeting nonsense at 12 in the morning. I mean, it, how long was it up? If we saw mom or dad do that, yeah, yeah, we'd yeah. be like, oh my God, you guys are like, like you totally losing like it. fucked up or yeah, something. You're losing it. <laughs> and the fact that like he doesn't have anyone, like, where's the person like in Veep? Like on the phone being like, you tweeted Kofifi, delete it now. It's like, doesn't he have a guy? Like, isn't there a guy who's like, all right, Trump, like, like on his ass or something, like being able to, you know, correct his errors and stuff. It's like, that's what's the weirdest thing is that he's able to tweet something like Kofifi, leave it up for 12 hours, have flashing red lights like a rave oh, that going was, on in that the was, White dude, House. Dude, that was even weirder. Yeah, let's talk and about then that no for a one, second. But then no one, it's just like, who, are you like with no one? Yeah, before... Like, what is going before on? Before Kofifi, the night before, he literally, no one was ever explained what happened. No one knew what was going on, but there was like flashing, extremely bright like red Baron lights. Baron was having a rave, bro. <laughs> coming through the White House windows um, that looked like it was some kind of emergency happening at the White House for like almost a... <laughs> 
30 minutes straight and no one knew what was happening the media like was just like we don't know what's going on at the white house with these crazy red lights flashing from inside inside the house yeah um so all that happened you know and the media is still making lots of jokes over kofifi and then yeah he never admitted that it was a mistake and then hilariously the oh you didn't know that what he sean spicer actually was asked by the press what did he mean when he tweeted they were like don't for the press of course (laughs) at this point they're trying to like they're trying to like suck up all the energy like all the anti-trump energy to the extent where the guy asked the question in this way he was like should we be alarmed by (laughs) trump tweeting like a nonsensical like word like this and then not deleting it the reporter asked him it's something along those lines and sean spicer was like uh no i don't think we should be alarmed and he's like well why i mean what did it mean and then someone's like kofifi like in the background you can hear them like all confused and then he's like well me and a small select circle around the president knew exactly what he meant and everybody just la- burst la- out laughing in the this is how far the <laughs> inverse reality has gotten where it's like instead of just being like oh yeah it was a mistake they're yeah. like doubling down on the fact that it meant to tweet yeah. it and that it's a real word that is an inside joke between a small group of people in the white house so what is he just trolling the rest of us well i mean that's, that's what i mean it's like all right dumb. irony on a new level it's almost like steve bannon has played 4d chess all the way into a pile of his own diarrhea <laughs> like this is like this is the 4d chess the yeah. trump administration yeah, yeah, yeah. is playing they'll be like <laughs> Great trump job. is like going senile so let's try to make like an alt-right irony like meme out of out of his like senility you bought it it's like, yeah. you bought it guys yeah, yeah. we trolled you <laughs> speaking of that yeah it's you it's, bought it you in losers case you, in case you haven't heard <laughs> Paul Joseph Watson from InfoWars owned all the MSM libtards by making everybody think that he eats paper out of books. And he owned everybody by basically making people believe that he eats paper. Yeah, here's the new alt-right troll um, stuff is that they just say a bunch of um, lies, plant them in the media, and then when the media reports them... Um, they are like, dude, you got it, you stupid mm-hmm. fake news. Like, oh my God, we got you. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what in the hell is this? It's like the Paul Joseph Watson being, being like, look at fake news, how easily they bought it. It's like, okay, moving on, Paul. And then, and then he tweets, how many people, he was like, is it just me or is everyone else like blowing up their heat bill and like pouring all, like just leaving oh, yeah, the yeah. taps on all night to just show libtards like he's that trying, they lost. It's like, I don't think be, anyone's doing that, Paul. <laughs> he's trying to be Gavin McGinnis, but he's like failing really hard at it. It's the most insane thing, this okay sign and the yeah. the the trolling thing. It's like we, it's like you bought it that we started a white supremacist meme and current yeah. to troll you and then we're adopting the meme in public and then when you report on the meme that was started on 4chan, you're trolled yeah it's a joke on you it's like it it doesn't make sense to me i'm not i guess i'm not getting the joke well it's not i mean it's not a joke it's just like been a thing that's been going on 4chan for a long time where they act like they want to put out an innocuous signature hand sign that people will interpret as racist but they even in their like creation of it they admit they that admit it's that racist. it's racist and it's like the kekistan thing it's like at well, what the point does it be- thing is so more more crazy at yeah what point does it trolling become reality where it's like it's like weave um the the white supremacist guy with the neo-nazi 
insignia tattooed on his body but for the longest time he was like the troll he was this nefarious troll and he just was a troll and oh he's crazy and then you realize that he's just a crazy nazi that it's not trolling he is a literal nazi so it's just and this whole makes, like trolling meme is just weird to me it's like at what point does it just become who you are well this is the interesting about bringing up weave is because he set the groundwork in a lot of ways for what this sort of like more right. younger generation of right. alt-right people are doing some of them probably don't even i would imagine and i'm not yeah. making any excuses for them but some of them probably don't even understand that it's like coded white supremacy irony like the Kekistani flag there are probably some really? kids in high school oh yeah like really young kids yeah who probably who probably don't even right realize what what it really represents but like someone like weave would be like well, of course that was like yeah <laughs> injected into the internet culture as like a means to subversively promote not neo-nazi yeah, yeah, yeah. supremacy he basically told me i was like asking the question on twitter who created the website jews did 911.com or whatever yeah because it's like a cartoonish racist website that does seem like an earlier Robbie, version Judaism of like, isn't a race. Yeah. So <laughs> Islam's not a race. That can't be racist. So it literally shows a plane going into the World Trade Center with like a magnifying glass being held by like a guy with like a giant nose, like yeah, like, like the, an evil the, looking the, like yeah. stereotype of a Jew with a star of David on the airplane. And then he just, just trolling, bro. And he just, just randomly responded. I don't know how he saw my tweet, but he's like. I made that website. He's like, ask me anything about it. I'll, I'll answer the question. So I just asked him, I was like, were you trying to like make truthers look like anti-Semites? And he's like, no, he's like, it's simple. The way, the reason I made this is because racism and like anti-Semitism can propel better through jokes. Like if you make it look like it's a joke, like an ironic joke. Right. Like in the same way that like Sarah Silverman will tell like an ironic racist right, joke. Right. If you can plant it in that framework, then it actually propels quicker and like spreads and influences exactly. people. And it was like, that's a very honest, uh, and that seems like what the alt-right is doing. But a lot of them, I don't think they realize that they're part of like the runoff of that. Like that they're, some of them are probably just ignorant and young. Right, you know, right. They don't understand that the yeah. core founders are like actual white supremacists or yeah. people who are Nazi sympathizers who have purposely injected this insignia. I mean, I've seen people like um, lexicon people that I know are like anti-Nazi, like retweeting the right. poll forum from 4chan, which is the Kekistani flag of like right, the Twitter right. after. I'm like, and I'll be like, dude, you just tweeted like, look at that image closely. Right, it right. is a Nazi flag right. with green coloring and like. Some I don't know what it is in the middle. Something, some like little green clovers mm -hmm. or something mm -hmm. instead of a swastika. I mean, you know, and it's so crazy that now a journalist is getting sued for calling someone who made the OK sign a white supremacist on Twitter. Yeah, or this, for fusion. Right. This, I mean, there's like a couple core members of of whatever the hell these people are. It's not an ideology. It's just like it, essentially, it just seems like publicity stunts based on like in coded racism. Um, and that's how these people are somehow signal boosted all over the place. Um, Mike Cernovich is on 60 Minutes and this this disgusting person, Cassandra Fairbanks, has been signal boosted by Cosmo and God knows what else. And she's just doing publicity stunt after publicity stunt to just desperate attempt to just stay relevant because she's... I just nuts. I like. I, it's almost like that makes the least amount of sense because I can't think of another person who literally would adopt this ideology or not an ideology but this kind of like 
racist tendencies to for fame or like for attention it's just something has to be extremely wrong with you well yeah i mean at first i was like why this person in a lot of ways seems to be the linchpin for this narrative that centrists and democrats are trying to smear people with about the alt-left that there is some kind of union between bernie or bust people bernie bros and the alt-right like nazis and even you were actually asked by the bbc to like explain you know how this person from she worked for sputnik is now part you know was part of occupy and black lives matter is now part of and and i was um, just like it's very simple people discard identities and jump on new bandwagons when they feel like it is something that they can seek or yeah. gain fame or attention i was like isn't that the most simple explanation occam's yeah. razor i was like why do you immediately assume that someone's an agent and i'm not saying that she i mean obviously trying to say she was a russian now, agent that they she was getting was paid russian by agent. russia to yeah. promote trump and i was just like dude if you had any idea how rt and sputnik actually work like yeah. the vast majority aren't even trump supporters and stuff they're just generic democrats or whatever but it's just crazy i was just like dude the most obvious explanation is this person has zero of course. Um, like core values or morals yeah. or anything. It's just like... A so the BBC reporter who asked you about that, yeah, I think in a way he was intuiting something real that it, as soon as I started to see the, the, like the fact that she jumped from Occupy and being like this liberal, we are change, more like left-leaning street mm -hmm. activist person to like a right-wing agitator, like alt-right person. I was like, this, that is odd. It does, could seem opportunistic, but then like the fact that she was hanging out with Brandon Darby, the FBI snitch, yeah. and then like kind of trolling people, acting like she was going to report them to the FBI right. via Brandon Darby. Then I was like, you know, it does feel like she is being managed, stage managed in some way, kind of like right, Liz Wall. Right, because she's not smart enough well, that's to exactly, do these things. Yeah. So, you know, and then, you know, that's just kind of theory floating in my head. Like this lawsuit, for example, like she's anyone smart enough yeah. to take a bunch of photos of themselves and occupy Wall Street shirts and anti like fuck cop shirts and get a bunch of attention from dudes online. Like anyone can do that and then jump to the Trump ship and yeah. wear the MAGA hat and be like, I'm a, I, I now love Trump but and here's why. Things. But that's things, like, yeah. anyone can do that. But these things that are now more sophisticated, kind of like psyopy, like, like the lawsuit, like putting actually press freedom on the line to be like, I trolled you, but like now I'm going to sue you. Cause like you fell for the trick, but like now we're going to like see how far we could push it and be like, you defamed me. It's like now these kind of things that are backed by really high profile people like Wesley Snipes lawyer, well, yeah, Seems it's a high, bizarre. Pro high profile lawyer is representing her, um, which implies that she's not paying for it herself. Right. So it does raise the question of was this BBC reporter perhaps hitting on something real, but going too far in his whatever intuition or research he thought he had done and suggesting that Russia is controlling her could be as simple as just someone like a right wing rich, yeah. you know, not even oligarch, but someone who's got money, um, who's, you know, for example, I don't think she, you know, searched for spirit cooking on her own in those Podesta email, emails mm -hmm. 12 hours after they came out. I mean, but that was weird. That, that was kind of the moment where I was like, this is weird that WikiLeaks would promote this right. particular story about the Podesta emails and spirit cooking. We know real people, and I don't want to like talk shit about them. I don't really, I haven't talked to them in a long time, but we know people who are in the 911 truth movement who were super super liberal and who actually turned totally pro-trump and i wouldn't even call it liberal they probably well, already always had like right wing leaning tendencies in terms of like anarcho-capitalist yeah, tendencies but, but they still were like anti-war on terror like you know they were like the war on terror is a lie mm. 
Um, we shouldn't be bombing Muslim countries, at least. And then some of them actually are now like super Islamophobic. And it's like, I know these people right. personally, so I know it's not like Russia paying right. people. Or, like, this happens. It's susceptibility. It's it's uh, malleability. Even it's just, just from, <laughs> brainwashing. It's just conditioning. Say, yeah. it's <laughs> Even if you were just like a hardcore InfoWars listener, if you started listening to him during the Bush administration... You might have been more on the left, and if you just believed and bought everything he said, by now you would be like a Trump-supporting Muslim. Yeah, totally. If you just listen drum. to Alex Jones, absolutely. And you know, and so this person that we're talking about is is someone who's a extraordinary circumstance because it's so obviously like opportunism plus whatever the hell's deep pockets backing like completely yeah. fraudulent behavior. But then like other people like Tim Pool, you can see his right wing trajectory where it's like. He never had a political ideology. Um, he was, you know, he started off at Occupy and that's kind of like his like ability to be like, no, I'm like, you know, yeah. I was like covering left wing stuff. Like, it's just like, dude, you were always kind of there as an opportunist, never with a political ideology. And now you're just like, you know, taking money from Paul Joseph Watson to go cover terrorism in Sweden. Yeah, we'll cover the refugee situation in Sweden and specifically this idea that there are no go zones. And they keep boosting that phrase. But it's like, if you go to like East Oakland, certain parts of East Oakland in the middle of the night with like a camera, people are probably going to get pissed off at you and you might get like jumped or something. Right. Like, I mean, this is what the part I don't understand about all this like crazy overreaction to like the refugee situation in Europe. Like, I mean, maybe it's new for them, but like, like some inner city areas and like they don't want like random reporters and shit like walking through like, their neighborhood. Yeah, like white people who are just like yeah, with like, like fancy camera happens, equipment with like dude. GoPros on their helmets. Like I just don't understand like, yeah. why it's such like a alarming thing and then, and then obviously it's meant to like link to terrorism. Like there's right. rough neighborhoods that refugees right. live in there and it's like the only reason they keep tapping on, in on that button is because it links to this false totally. idea that refugees are the are terrorists. Totally. And you it's just hit it on the head. Mythical, you just hit it on the head. Dude. Perfect example, Israel. Where do they put all the African refugees? In the shittiest, poorest, most crime-ridden neighborhood. Of course you're going to dump the refugees that come in your community into the worst neighborhood yeah. in the city. Yeah. Because no one wants them around because of obvious reasons. And so it's like because of this hysterical campaign. So then it's like a it's like a vicious cycle. It's like what came first, the chicken or the egg? Like did refugees bring crime or was the neighborhood always bad and crime ridden and that refugees are just there now? It's like just a, such an easy scapegoat, man. And it and it's oh, so the blocking of the refugee boats, you know, this Lauren Southern woman too, um, this audacious stunt like these people are just like desperate as fuck man like how desperate can you be that you're gonna say that you're you're actually performing civil disobedience by blocking and shooting flares at a refugee boat yeah well that's the saddest part about all this is it's like good god that's like a particularly gross example where that moron lauren southern actually like just did something blatantly idiotic to the point where i didn't even see people in the alt-right promoting it yeah she got herself arrested by like the italian coast guard for trying to blockade a refugee boat like in the water so i mean this is just retarded bullshit from any way you look at it like even if i was a right winger i'd be like why what is yeah what is like yeah like Way to even punch if I down, thought, Lauren. Way even to punch if I down, thought dude. There was a potential for like terrorists to come through as refugees. Or like human trafficking. That would cross a line for me. 
I'd be like, oh man, like that was really stupid what she did. What a fucking idiot. Um, so yeah, it's getting more and more desperate. I mean, <clears throat> you know, and, and then this Portland stabbing thing, I, it's so weird. It's like this need to deflect any sort of correlation or affiliation with neo-Nazism, like all the stuff that we're talking about, the alt-right um, symbology and stuff. It's like, this really hard deflection. So any time that an actual white supremacist neo-Nazi does commit violence or murders someone, which has happened multiple times in the last couple weeks, namely the Portland stabbing, where three grown-ass men, two of them had their throats fucking slit by an open Nazi, and the other guy's in the fucking hospital fighting for his life. I mean, any time that things like this happen, you just hear nothing but deflection. It's like, oh no, like... He wasn't like, no, he wasn't a Nazi. Like, no, he was just crazy. Or it's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, why can't we just call things what they are? I mean, it just, it's just making you guys look a lot worse. It's like, I understand um, some of it. was was largely behind that push. And talk about what they did. And it's like, at, at the same time, like we were talking about before, Robbie, I understand like it's getting to a hyperbolic, like, like. Um, levels of like where people are just calling everyone Nazis and fascists and it's just lost kind of all meaning and that yeah. is that is stupid too because I just dealt with real fascists in Venezuela so at a certain level it's like yeah Richard Spencer is probably the most, the most Nazi close, out of yeah. them but at the same time yeah he's vile and he has like all these terrible you know racist views I almost find these political dirty trickster like opportunistic like alt-right 4chan yeah. crowdsourced mm-hmm. gathering you know figureheads to be in some ways more vile because they're actually causing more damage to the political right landscape. right right richard then, spencer yeah. went out with hands off syria signs and but mike cernovich got most of the credit for that uh caitlin johnson and all these like lefty bloggers who call themselves progressives um didn't promote richard spencer but they did promote Re- mike cernovich Syria so Cernovich is safe so there's like this bridge that these people only certain aspects of the alt-right have created and I think they've done it intentionally to like push people who are like hate Hillary so much on the left like towards them like a magnet yeah it's actually it's scarily working yeah but I wanted to just quickly finish the point about how yeah I understand why people don't you know like they're really um aware of like the that nazi and fascists have been like kind of hijacked and like used in a, in a blanket way and i mean a lot of it does apply there are a lot of these people are proto-fascists for sure yeah um if they know it or not um but yeah i mean like so i understand like the like the be like okay hold on like who really was this guy but like come the fuck on this guy was <laughs> there's like no clearer I mean, image of a Nazi than a guy sig hailing, like running through a park, screaming the N word and, and, and the, saying, I'm going to gas Muslims and join the SS to gas Muslims. So it's like, yeah. talk about what Mike Cernovich basically and these people have been trying to do well, to they, deflect this. They took advantage of the fact that this guy was, I mean, and I have to acknowledge he's more intelligent than the average crazy racist murderer. I mean, if you read his Facebook, like he kind of seemed like he knew how to troll people on Facebook and it seemed like part Sounds of that familiar. part of that was he was actually trolling Hillary people basically saying like like acting like you know in the same way that Trump would troll Hillary's base and right. Hillary right. by saying like you stole like you screwed Bernie I mean like I don't know if he actually said that exactly but he would say things like that yeah that like they rigged the you know the thing against Bernie and stuff like right. this not and he, and there's no doubt about the fact that he was a white supremacist Nazi 
And Tim Poole was actually the one who suggested that he was trolling an alt-right rally by acting like a Nazi at it when he wasn't really a Nazi. But that's missing like half of the picture. If you look at his Facebook feed, you look at the entirety of it, it's undeniable that he was a white supremacist, like racist. Right. And in addition to that, he was also like a anti-theist. He was like an, he wasn't a yeah. new atheist, but it was like, imagine like Sam Harris's thing. If you like amp it up as much as it can go, right. like this would be sort of like a, if Sam Harris followers became like neo-Nazis in a weird way. So this guy actually like was like, kill all the Jews, like kill all the Christians, yeah, like, kill all the Muslims. Yeah. So it's, there's some gray area there where it's not like this guy was only Islamophobic, you know, like, or only anti-Semitic. And that's what the people on the alt-right took advantage of is they're like, oh, wait, look, he tweeted about like pro-Bernie, anti-Hillary. He's a Bernie supporter. Right. He's a, he hates Christians too. He's not Islamophobic. Like it was all that shit. Right. But it's like he didn't murder Christian people and ask them if they're Christian on the train. Right. He specifically targeted women in burqas, one of them who was black, and because he was just starting to confront them, I don't even know exactly what he said, two people tried to stop him and die. I mean, three people did. Right. Two of them died. The guy it was so fucking insane and strong, obviously, he was able to slit two he people's throats. He had a giant-ass like, sword yeah. knife, like machete-style thing. Yeah. And it, it begs the question, why jump to his defense and be like, no, it's more complicated than that. He also liked Bernie Sanders. And because, you're like, why is this a point right now? Because it's an ideological turf war where they want to act like nobody who commits violence can be... A, it's only the left who's doing violence. It's only Antifa. It's only you know, leftists, it's ne never people who are white supremacists who are Trump supporters who, like, do hate crimes. It's never them. <laughs> That's the whole... They, they don't want to give any ground up. It's a total just turf war. And like, I love how these people think that, like, bullshit. being on the front lines of, like, Antifa versus free speech. It's yeah, like, this yeah. is not real. This no. is literally a manufactured argument and, um, and notion. First of all, the free speech rallies are, like, targeted... Um, like speaking engagements that that people like Richard Spencer and Ann Coulter do in the most mm -hmm. liberal bastions of like the Bay Area, Berkeley, Manhattan, or, you know, like liberal areas of the country rather, to provoke this response, to bring out Antifa, a group that has existed for as long as we've been involved in activism in Oakland that has always been there. But it's like what's amazing about it is it's like the centerpiece of the alt-right where they're like, anti like this guy came into the courtroom that the killer in Portland screamed death to Antifa. Oh yeah. He did. Um, yeah. And so these oh, people, he, these people the... actually think that this is like a real thing. Of course. Of course they do. That's the scary part is he has bought into just like in a, on some level, Julian Assange must have of this alt-right lens of seeing reality now. I mean, crazy. the fact that Julian Assange had even pr promoted the, all those Tim pool videos that Paul Joseph Watson paid him to make. It's just like, it's like, dude, I mean, yeah, I understand you're in a predicament, you're trapped in an embassy, but like, <laughs> why would you post shit about like Sweden, like what's really going on in Sweden and, and like, what is that supposed to mean to people? Right. Are you saying there's a refugee problem and the refugees are like really like violent towards people? I just don't understand what, what he's doing. It's such I mean, a Breitbart tactic that's an agitation propaganda right out of the books it's just like you hone in and this is what breitbart did you're the one you talked to me about this i mean the drudge aggregation 
method of just simply aggregating and Breitbart took this aggregation method of just pinpointing specific news stories around the country, around the world to make it seem like this is a huge problem that you could do literally Let's about drive. everything. You could do it about lesbian, lesbians. Of course. Like or you could gay. do it about, any, what about anything. Gays? That's what the Christians used to do to gays. Exactly. Imagine that. Where they would point to like gay guy yeah. you know rapes a, like, like arrested a kid for mol- or, molestation or dies from trying to shove yeah. something too big right. up his ass right. or something like right. like that's the type of shit you would see on like homophobic mm-hmm. like Westboro Baptist Church totally. style like anti-gay websites and that's Breitbart's whole style and race. that's what these people do but here's the thing here's the interesting thing about that Abby and I think this needs to be examined because they figured out a way again to tap into the conspiratorial minded individual in a way that the left or just a larger like establishment left side of the spectrum hasn't where their whole approach and drudges is like these knockout games like they start right. i remember seeing this with the knockout game where it's like the liberal media is covering up the knockout game and that was sort of the paradigm in which a lot of the stuff flourished in because it's like they're covering up that's the that's the they're framing their the liberal media is covering up and there's a conspiracy to conceal black crime you know black youths beating up white people black on white hate crime um you know all that kind of stuff that's the framing which you're using so it almost is like now it's like well there it must be a cover-up that that's the reason like all these european politicians aren't talking about it when and they keep posting like stories like the the pool like the you know that one story i just have seen it a million times because it's like the only thing they have is like when like an ass- a couple assaults happened like in a pool where it was like refugees like mass pool assault and it was like that one it's like the the one on New Year's Eve and it's just like all right like I get it yeah well there's shit several, happens there's several logical leaps taking place like in some aspects of European politics it's they have a more difficult time talking about these things because for some of the their districts it's new for them to have like refugees right. or like right. complaints from other people saying like you know like like bringing up like this sort of racially tinged rhetoric. So they try to dance, like they're not as used to being able to like talk to the public about it. And and like they right wing finds all these ends where they're like, this politician admitted that it's like impossible to talk about the right, you know, the refugee situation because everything is so PC. Therefore there is, this is like proof that there's an entire cover up by the system. You know, like that's the yeah. framing. Yeah. So it's like, in a way it's like, it's inescapable because now and even we've gone to this point where all the media has become so untrustworthy that it's like it's almost easier to spin these yarns now about you know refugees being dangerous or black on black or not totally. even black on black crime but like white you know hate crime against whites and that kind of stuff and they just dominate the landscape and they're bolstered by the state and it's a state down operation at this point where you can no longer call publications like Infowars and Breitbart like the alternative I mean they no. literally abandon is in the White House Trump's well, in the White is, House Infowars just yeah. got press what credentials voice? and the whole just narrative like like antifa versus free speech like like that alone you have taken aside do not pretend you're objective sorry um but also it makes it again the meme against the left the entire mantra where all of this current is building just to demonize the left and say that the left is the enemy the left is violent it's just it's the same yarn that's been spun since the beginning of the of the industrial revolution it's like since there was a workers revolt this has been happening it got neutered 
very much during COINTELPRO. Now it's kind of resurfacing as we are seeing a lot of proto-fascist movements around the world reemerge and gain strength. And now we're seeing it happen here where all of a sudden all the people that, you know, most of the people like we were saying before that were fighting alongside empire, fighting for truth, fighting against wars are now fighting against the left. Well, the, what happened? And the left is in charge of everything. The left is the yeah, one who yeah, murders the left, people, yeah, just political assassinations of the pedophiles. But here's the interesting thing is classic conspiracy, conspiratorial minded movements would have actually seen this more intelligently in the sense that if, like when I was just first starting looking at a lot of conspiracy stuff, when I was more susceptible to it and believed more of it, I would probably have seen what's going on right now is like someone is trying to engineer a civil war. Totally. Like there's a conspiracy where the New World Order or whatever is trying to get people to like actually get to a point of like civil war or like intense street battles where like like a, some kind of psyop or something like that. So it's like it's I'm surprised more people on the right wing aren't like, damn, why? What is happening here? Like this because Antifa, there's no way. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, yeah, maybe they've been able to perpetuate this myth for a long time and people believe it, but it's just like so not real. You and I know especially how not real it is that Antifa is like, even if we didn't agree with them. Right. You know, like didn't, not that I agree with all the things they do. I'm saying even if we like were a po- completely opposed Right, even opposed if we were like right wingers we or something. We would have to admit, yeah. hey, we've been in the Bay Area long enough to know that the, like, it's not really, it's a really small contingent of people. Right. Like you are purposefully coming to Berkeley and To Oakland. try to get attacked by yeah. an anti-fascist. Where when, yeah. you, when you went to an Oscar Grant protest, there was like people burning dumpsters who were not like like um minorities in the streets like complaining about oscar grant most of them are like white guys in mass i mean that shit happens here right it's just like right but i mean yeah back to the let's just finish talking about the portland killer because yeah i mean he it's so obvious what he was right and even if he has differences and he's maybe a little more clever at trolling than certain people in the alt-right and he's like an anti-theist whereas most people on the alt-right are probably not doesn't mean he's like a bernie supporter it's so disgusting to see people try to do this and it's even more disgusting what even disgusts me more is seeing the media oh my god oh my god this man what an amazing samaritan if only all of us could die in such a a a a glory like of, of trying to fight racism it's like i'm sorry why is trump president again yeah why is islamophobia so rampant why are we bombing seven Muslim countries? Why do we have a Muslim registry? Why do we fucking accept widespread surveillance? Fuck you! You want to fucking oh, yeah. talk about, oh, sympathize with Islamophobia? You horrible, horrible people. Give carte blanche to a psychotic um, narcissist who's now our goddamn president because of your asses, your ineptitude and inability to do real journalism. These people make me sick. So to see them up there actually sympathizing with with these people who lost their lives essentially because of what the media has failed to do do their goddamn jobs i i just can't even believe it i mean it was good to get a break from u.s media for three weeks but coming back and turning on the tv and just seeing russia 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 again i want to blow my brains out yeah we didn't even we we didn't even prepare to talk about russia gate really at all but we should mention it before moving on to trump's middle east trip because while you're in venezuela abby i remember I talked to you briefly like what's happening i haven't right touched you know in touch with like the news zeitgeist right now and all i saw was a glowing orb yeah the, the glowing orb picture which super surreal which uh, ridiculously enough infowars defended in an embarrassing <laughs> piece for the first time yeah there's no 
conspiracy. It became an instant joke conspiracy meme, like like just blew up all of the internet. And then Infowars wrote like a actually like apologized for it on a broadcast too. Alex Jones like personally was explaining how it's not that bad. Just like in previous weeks, he explained why it's good that Trump is meeting with Henry Kissinger and all this shit. So it's just it's a it is a topsy turvy world, as uh, Robert <laughs> Kagan said. But heavy agenda. The the RussiaGate stuff. I mean, it's crazy for me to watch it, especially yeah, because what are you? What have you been seeing? Well, Trump almost got impeached. Mm-hmm. It seemed like the media had crossed this Rubicon where they actually were talking about impeachment. Like this is just like Nixon. The cover up was worse than the crime. Like they were all like concern trolling. It seemed like they were trying to like concern troll Trump into like resignation or impeachment. It was really intense. Like it almost seemed like some kind of psyopy flavor to it in of itself or just the fact that everybody on the mainstream media was using the word mm-hmm. impeachment and it's even like, like former like nixon officials were like him. this is worse than imagine nixon. his people at that time they were probably like what the fuck like this is crazy like because on certain level you have to remember that people like mike morell and james clapper well especially mike morell who's now doubled down on saying be careful about like hinging everything on the russian investigation because i haven't seen any proof for it this is the same crazy motherfucker who was going around saying we need to kill Russians to teach them a lesson like eight months ago. Yeah, kill Iranians and Russians. Yeah. Um, so it's really fascinating that now, and this is all over the fact that Trump fired Comey, which pro- happened right. probably right before you left. Right, that was surreal And then hell. immediately after that, Comey started leaking a shitload of stuff to the press about how Trump personally asked him to end the any the investigation, investigation into Russia oh, yeah, 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 that, at all, like right. full spectrum, that Trump like totally overstepped his executive authority and like the traditions, the norms of the presidency by like trying to gain Comey's loyalty to the point where Comey claimed, I mean, he must have leaked this himself or he actually leaked to the Washington Post and a bunch of other places that he had to send Trump an official letter from the FBI's office saying like, here's the procedure for like contacting me and like asking about investigations and all this stuff. So immediately when the media saw that, it was like they smelled fucking blood. And they were like, Nixon, impeachment, <laughs> Watergate. It's just like Watergate. The cover-up was worse than the crime. Because even if we can't prove anything having to do with this Russia collusion, the fact that he's trying to like stop in any investigation is a crime. It's obstruction of justice. And it just was like, boom, boom, boom. And then the Middle East trip happened and he negotiated this. Wait, 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 before we get into that, I wanted to say one really quick thing is a, I never understood the impeachment thing unless there's a fever pitch to the point where like constituents are lobbying their congressmen because the yeah, GOP yeah, controls yeah. the house and the Senate the, yeah. and they have to, that's like the big thing about Nancy Pelosi when she was running Congress, when she was the, you know, yeah. the head. And she actually said impeachment for Bush is off the table after Dennis Kucinich introduced impeachment articles. And I was like, okay, killed it dead on arrival oh my god because of fucking nancy pelosi yeah so knowing that you had like but that was even like there was a there was a chance because there was at that time the you know a lot of democrats would have voted for it so knowing now that the gop probably would shut it down because look at their they're able to to lay out their agenda they know they were almost a dead party before trump we were looking at the election like Trump is such a joke. The GOP's dead. How are they ever going to regain any sort of yeah. like 
reality after this and is anyone going to take them seriously this is their shot they they want to shoot all of this legislation through they know trump is their figurehead so i find it hard to believe that they would actually vote for impeachment they know how mike, no, mike know. pence is yeah. going to do nearly enough damage for their agenda so that alone was weird also trump's letter so i don't know what's going to happen to the impeachment thing it died down though it died down but now comey is going to testify and now Flynn pleaded the fifth. Oh my God. It's such a mess. Yeah, and it's so, just all about bullshit. Russia, yeah. Russia. The letter that he gave to Comey was bizarre too. Remember like the fourth paragraph of it? It was oh, like a course. standard letter and it was just like, you're, yeah. you know, you're he whatever. Said, thank you for not investigating. He was like, you something. told me three times. Or he was like, you've told me multiple times that like, I'm not under investigation. Yeah. It was just like, it sounds like a kid. It was like that fake Like getting out of detention. Trump, he was like, I'm not in trouble. Like you told me like this is on record. It's like, holy it's like that fake character that Trump used where he would call and <laughs> pretend to be his own PR To talk about agent. how he had sex with Selma Hayek. Yeah, I mean, like, just the fact that he... I mean, it's nuts, but... Yeah, I mean, maybe we should... Well, okay, I wanted to mention before we move yeah. on to the next thing that how awful is it really to think that the mainstream media is willing to start unanimously talking about impeachment when this happens, but yet Dennis Kucinich was like the lone... right guy c-span ran that i mean c-span had a duty to run it you know it's like in the after the downing street memo the downing street memo a cr- yeah. of an open conspiracy between blair and bush yeah. to doctor evidence yeah to take us into war that killed a million and there's people even, and there's even an operation <laughs> northwood amazing there's even an operation northwood style thing that went amazing. along with the downing street memo that a lot of people forget that talked about uh having it look like iraq shot down a u.n plane that Tony Blair and totally Bush discussed. That. I mean, that's fucking crazy. But it's so ridiculous that after the torture shit leaked, oh my God. The, that Gitmo was open. The fact that it was clear that Bush ignored so many warnings about 9-11, that right. alone. That's one thing I agree with Bill Maher on. The fact that he sat there in the classroom should have been enough to impeach him. Right. There was something very, very wrong. Yeah, why would a president there not be immediately no escorted out? There is no explanation for why he put all those children in danger. Out. Yeah. He could have he could have killed hundreds yeah. of children, right. elementary school yeah. kids. It was fucking crazy. Right. So, I mean, in the Iraq War, <laughs> completely based on a lie, um, trolled us into going to war by linking it to an actual attack that killed one journalist and four regular American that citizens. That came from inside the house. Yeah. Um, and all of them were on Cipro and luckily didn't get anthrax. I mean, that's... Lucky dogs. That's what we're dealing with. That, and he didn't even get close to impeach, getting impeached. I mean, it's really crazy when you think about it. Totally. And I mean, if they would have tried, they could have impeached his whole cabinet if they if they really Absolutely. went for it. They were all complicit in the in the lies. So, in this case, it's really disturbing their the ease in which they're jumping in it. It's it really does. I could actually understand how people are buying into this idea that the deep state is trying to take Trump out. When you see things like that happening, it's like, this is, there is something weird going on here. I don't think it's the deep state trying to take Trump out, but it it, it does seem like... Well, it's obvious what it is. The playing field is not the same for him as it was well, for... Well, of course not, but it's obvious why. Because look at who is in his cabinet. It's oh, just he, like a bunch of extremist fringe outliers. Yeah, there's there's still billionaire scumbag yeah. right-wingers who will destroy everything in their path, but they haven't been 
quote unquote part of like the traditional establishment per se. That's true. Yeah. And so the, of course it's like of and course the establishment's going to try to push these people out. They want to be in power. Yeah. It's very obvious. And on top of that, they also deep Trump made it a point to deeply insult so many people mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm, establishment mm-hmm, over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Exactly. To the point where it's just like right now it's like revenge. You know. Right. Way. Right. Totally. I mean. If I was a mainstream media guy who got like personally attacked by Trump, like I would be so trying to get him impeached with whatever pe- was within my power. Totally. So I that mean, is not surprising. So let's talk a little bit about the Middle East trip because this was a current that was going on. I love that word. I've been saying current way too much. I don't know why. But during the campaign, Trump used this as a main talking point. Of course, he's abandoned any sort of semblance to anything that was remotely like good right like the non-syrian intervention thing of course we know that's out the window the russia detente that's out the window everything that anyone who was remotely anti-imperialist could have potentially voted for trump over hillary for like from day one they should have realized it was a total scam and sham yeah the saudi arabia thing super super sealed the deal right well yeah but I just remembered something and I completely forgot. Did you, when you were in Venezuela, did you hear about the other controversy where he supposedly leaked intelligence to Sergey Lavrov? Yes. About the laptops? I didn't hear what it was about. I just heard that that was another impeachment. Like, And he betrayed attempt. Israel, the yeah, Mossad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that? Well, the weird thing about that, just really quickly, I wanted to mention this, only because I do think it was almost like that kind of got lost in the shuffle. But like right after that, you know, they were, they were trying to lump that in with, oh, this is impeachable. He's sharing intelligence with Russia that he's like, that's illegal or whatever. Um, but right after that, there started to be all these ma- mainstream media stories about how should they do a laptop ban for like international flights. Dude, I know. Like, I just saw The laptop that. ban thing is a new 3D body scanner. Dude, it's so crazy. It's, it's like, like you're seriously going to prevent us from bringing laptops they, now? Where is it going to stop? Right. Where is it going to stop? Because now it's like, it actually like can impact productivity in the economy. There are people who like are doing like extremely important time critical work while on an airplane on their laptop now. Like so of many course. people fly back Absolutely. and forth around the country totally who are in finance, who are like writers. I mean, there's a lot of journalists who will turn in stories later. I mean, it's just a really interesting thing to think that they're willing to disrupt like regular people's lives to that degree for something that's obviously fake again. And and, but, and again, like everything else is fake. The liquid explosive thing, the shoe bomber. But what's funny, Robbie, is even flying out of Tel Aviv, Israel, yeah i like asked the security guy because you know we've heard that for years and years yeah, and years yeah, yeah. even the morning of 9 11 the israeli have, prime minister was like yeah. we're gonna try to fight the war on terror just like we've been doing you're gonna welcome a whole new measure of security measures da, da, da. a whole new wave of security yeah. measures rather so anyway i asked the security guards i was like do we need to like what about the liquids and shoes thing and they just like laughed hysterically they're like that's only americans we're like no one else does that it's totally fake and this is like, quote unquote, the most secure airport in the world because of the terrorism that they deal with. Right. I'm saying that mockingly, yeah. but it's just funny. It was like, even Israelis don't do that. It's like Americans are still subjected to like this ridiculous security theater, the shoes, the water, and now laptops are potentially being taken away. I, I honestly can't even fathom that happening. You're right. It's so integral in like productivity and work and yeah. And capitalism. That's why I think it won't happen. It's like they they can't do it. But I feel it makes like no sense. That's the interesting thing is I feel like the government. I don't know. Like that's what that's what's weird to me about that part of the fascism is like who really does is there sort of like a psychology behind it? You know, I mean, then that 
it's like suggested it's some kind of like long con conspiracy like boiling the frog or whatever but i mean it is sort of weird just to think of like where it's going to go Fifi. yeah go small Fifi. group of people know robbie Kofifi. yeah and oh then, wait wait can we talk about really fu- really quickly how actually some morons thought it was an arabic meaning being like no like trump really meant it because they're like started on 4chan of course 4chan knows all but like some eight-year-old kid on 4chan um said that it was like an arabic term saying stand up like a call to the middle east yeah, which yeah, of course yeah. got parroted mindlessly yeah um, by oh, people who are like, no, 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 like Trump, it wasn't just like talking nonsense. He said, stand up. Yeah. It's like, really? He was speaking Arabic to, to Afghanistan? Well, while those That's, people doesn't were speak Arabic? spending time crowdsourcing their, their way up their own assholes, like 4chan, Reddit, researching their way up their own asses on that Kofifi thing, Trump may have actually deployed his own PSYOP in a weird way with it through his administration with this laptop ban and going to Saudi Arabia and striking this arms deal, talking about the threats of Islamic terrorism, like combating it's like, it does almost seem like it's, it's coordinated. I mean, the whole thing is so surreal. This photo of him, uh, Erdogan yeah. with the Saudi Arabian King yeah. and Trump putting their hands on a goddamn glowing orb, talking about countering extremism, possibly two of the worst human rights offenders and also undoubtedly the source of the majority of islamic extremism in the world which is yeah that <laughs> we know Arabia. is, I mean, is, is funny it's not even a question yeah and but but the whole thing that was interesting is the whole thing was framed in iran we need to like combat That's iranian insane. terrorism and meanwhile iran issues a statement they're like i we just had elections and this something could, that saudi arabia will never enjoy this is a reunion of something that happened that bill clinton was rarely ever criticized for he collaborated with the Saudi Arabian government. Bin Laden allegedly attacked um, Saudi Aramco oil company, mm-hmm. which at the time I think was a nationalized, part nationalized, part like U.S. corporate corporate owned oil company in Saudi Arabia. He bombed it. And they were like, he killed a couple Americans, also killed some Saudis. This was like the first major Al-Qaeda attack on record. Mm. Basically lodged at both the Saudi Arabian and like the U.S. collaborators, like at the same time. Saudi Arabian government um, caught wind of the way the U.S. media was already reporting it, which was basically this is a bin Laden attack or whatever. So the Saudi Arabian government got together with the Clinton administration and people in the State Department and actually like put out joint statements saying that it was um, an Iranian terrorist. So like they were and they knew they already knew everything about how it was a bin Laden attack. And they were trying to back then basically erase this idea of um you know saudi homegrown terrorism that was basically coming back to to hurt them oh my Um, god so i mean who knows how many actual terrorist attacks happen in saudi arabia that they just that we just don't hear about their press is very controlled there um you know i don't know so so saudi arabia arms deal um that happened right before trump went over to saudi arabia and this is the start of like a long Middle East trip um, that he somehow conveniently had scheduled right when all this impeachment shit was flying at him. So I don't know, maybe the media waited for him to leave for this. I mean, because he really couldn't say or do much, which actually put him in an advantage. Because I feel like if he was home and on Twitter and obsessed with watching media coverage of himself while he was getting this kind of heat, he would have flown off the handle and said something a little 
incriminating, I feel like. So the fact that he was gone on this trip has actually probably helped him stay afloat longer. Um, but Jared Kushner apparently arranged this arms deal with the Saudi Arabian government for over $110 billion in a single arms deal, which apparently, and I don't know if this is 100% accurate, is the largest single arms deal ever conducted in history between the United States and a foreign country. Um, so, you know, verify that for us if, if it sounds like it might not be true, but I was a little skeptical when I read it, but I looked at a couple other stories that said the same thing. Um, but, oh, actually, this is this is actually where I saw it that made me believe it, is it was from the freebeacon.com, which is a very neoconservative new neocon website it says quote the largest in american history according to senior trump administration officials who described the agreement as part of a major effort to counter iranian threats so the whole underpinning for this middle east trip was about counting countering iranian threats reversing the clock of and i always sound like an obama obama apologist but the Iranian deal, the Iran deal he made, I think was good. Trying to normalize relations to a more normal ex- version of what they were before, just like he was trying to do with Cuba. Those are good things. Even if he had like some kind of nefarious agenda or was trying to like p- inject, you know, American capital into those countries or what, for whatever reason, you know, even if there were other interests meddling in that, I still think that's fundamentally good. Yeah, of course. Cuba normalization, Iran normalization, yeah. like and these Trump, things are good measures. Trump is literally trying to erase both. He's not just try, saying we're going to throw out the Iran deal. Actually, that that is weird because Tillerson like and yeah. him sort of said like, you know what? It's a deal. And we have to stick to the deal. But it's not a good deal. Like they kind of, do you remember when they saw soften their rhetoric? But at the same time they're drilling into iran they're trying to like provoke iran right now basically making it seem like they're behind all the terrorism and how amazing is that to stand with the leader of like we said before the leader of turkey leader of saudi arabia which is the biggest financer of of sunni wahhabism yeah and 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 even farid zakaria as horrible as he is he did a good take on on how wildly inaccurate it is to, for trump to say that iran's the source of jihadi terror and to actually like hone in on iran as somehow like yeah who's supplying terrorism around the world, 94% of deaths by Islamic terrorists in the past 15 years have been Wahhabis slash Salafi, which is Sunni mm-hmm. terrorism. 6% have been other Islamic tendencies, which is, we already know Iran is not is not that. Well, Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I mean... It's just disgusting. It's... What terrorists are they saying Iran is is the puppet master of all these different terrorist attacks or like Hezbollah. terrorism? But it's like, how many times has Hezbollah done an attack and taken credit for it recently? I haven't heard of like hardly any. No, because they're, they're fighting like for their territory. So, and so what does that even really mean? So it's like, if they're not controlling like ISIS or, or funding, nobody, like none of these politicians in Trump's administration or any of these people spreading this neocon rhetoric are saying that like Iran is funding ISIS secretly. Maybe someone like Frank Gaffney yeah, totally. is saying that, but they're not. So, like, what are they? It, they're not even really. Like, if, no one's just asking more questions. Like, wait, what terrorists? I think it's a nod to Assad and Hezbollah. Oh, because, because Iran has supports yeah, Assad, and because the Hezbollah You're stuff. Exactly with, right. Yeah. It's it's a I, nod to just like that, and is yeah. and Israel's whole collaboration with Saudi Arabia now to be like we're going to focus on Iran. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. Yeah, it's so obvious what it's about. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, and the Syrian thing is really strange because now 
since the that last supposed accidental attack that Obama um, that happened under Obama administration, where the sixty Syrian Assad forces died in a U.S. airstrike, apparently there has been three times in eight months uh, Allied Syrian government forces have been killed. By yeah, us. attacked. Yeah, which is which is weird. I mean, I actually only know of one other instance other than that time the sixty Syrian soldiers died, but. Um, yeah, it's, oh no, I remember, I remember when it happened, yeah, no, I, now I'm remembering, I can't remember exactly how long ago it was, but there were two separate Trump strikes on, um, on Assad something or other. <laughs> I mean, one was that supposed, uh, air base where the chemical weapons were flown out of. I hate when people are like, oh man, like the strike didn't mean anything, like Trump was just doing it for show, it's like, it fucking killed people. Are you, what do you mean it didn't mean anything? You think this is a game? First of all, of course 40 it means chess. shit. Yeah, four. Well, that's what Alex Jones chess. is saying. On his, that's pretty much at the Alex Jones uh, line right now is that all these things Trump is doing foreign policy wise, uh, you know, egging on North or just like trying to like um, provoke North Korea and, and Iran. All these things are good uh, because they're just like some kind of manipulative like game show, to make the yeah. establishment, you know, think he's playing ball. But in reality, <laughs> he is gonna like. I don't know. I mean, no, it's weird. It doesn't make and, any well, sense. Well, here's but. a here's an argument that completely just undermines that. <laughs> is that the 2018 Pentagon budget is allocating almost 2 billion dollars, 1.7 billion dollars to train and equip quote-unquote moderate rebels in Syria and Iraq. Iraq's like a completely failed state right now. Like what the hell are we doing? We're going to now train moderate rebels in Iraq? Yeah. And Syria? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. What happened to the whole, like, no regime change in Syria? Hmm. For some reason, you're all of a sudden collaborating with Saudi Arabia and Turkey and Israel to focus mm-hmm. on Iranian terrorism at the same time you're funding almost $2 billion to, quote, moderate rebels in, in Iraq and Syria. Huh. It's all about creep. It's never... Creeps. I mean, I think Trump is capable of sending in, like, full-on ground troops to, like, invade a country. I definitely think he's capable of that, but I do think... The way that the the military industrial complex prefers to keep their cash flow going right now is to just like mission creep yeah, in look all at these different places. Look at Obama. Seventy yeah. percent of the world's countries were in. Yeah, seven countries bombing. I mean, that Bush would never have been able to do that with these ground scale invasions. Mission creep without the U.S.'s insignia on it for long enough to the point where it becomes a humanitarian crisis. There you go. You I just mean, hit it on the head. I mean, that's the that's the sad, cynical reality of it. And I'm sure there are people who are cynical enough to be able to see it that way on the inside. But most of the politicians and the people who probably like work in the State Department, they like believe in the myth to the point where they don't even they're not even able to see it that way. But I'm sure there's people who know that's what it is. I mean, <laughs> so. And yeah, we're not we don't we're never going to really leave Iraq. I mean That's no. why Dick Cheney was smart enough to know during the original Bush administration that if we, distri- we if we invaded Iraq it would be a quagmire. He was just talking about it more from our own perspective as like our American forces there, but it really would fuck up the whole entire region. I mean, it's exactly what people knew would happen back then. Absolutely. So to think that like they just hope for the best and democratizing yeah. Iraq would spread to other countries, there's people who knew that was an o- obvious lie. Right. They it's just a didn't care. Myth. Yeah, they didn't care. Absolute revolution, like like acting like you know this guy who read Lenin in college and called himself a neo-Marxist, 
later thinks you can take that same revolutionary spirit and apply it to like international like military affairs <laughs> like like a, one country imposing its democracy you know democracy values on another country's through force and then ultimately it's in like a, for a noble cause i mean that's speaking of bush was it bono or bono right Bono, apparently, um, who was like protesting Trump's win by being like, I'm not going to release an album. It's like, no one cares. Like, like, thank you. Actually, that's the best thing that come out of Trump's presidency is that U2 is irrelevant right now. But meanwhile, he's been uh, hanging out at Bush's ranch, doing some songs, painting some Iraqi <laughs> ghost children with George Bush. And he tweeted out, he was like, I love Bush. He's like sitting there with George Bush, a war criminal. Isn't that amazing? amazing? And then at the same How time, fun. Radiohead fun. Oh tried, my to make, God. tried to make people like Roger uh, Waters look like a like a foolish blowhard, yeah. like a radical left winger for not for like boycotting Israel. Yeah. When they're like, they're like basically they didn't have they could have just played in Israel, right. and just not said anything. But right. instead, like Tom York being the fucking douche that he is, I didn't even know what his politics were before, but he was like made people who boycotting Israel like. Basically tried to like smear them. He was like, how them. dare you insult our tel- intelligence by pretending like this is like apartheid and that we don't know what this like. It was extremely condescending yeah, and yeah. fucked up. Yeah. What he said. I mean, I think unfortunately a lot of cool artists and musicians like, I mean, I learned this very quickly just like by following a lot of like, you know, musicians who maybe like say political things, like even some like really experimental, like really far out weird, great artists have terrible like neoliberal politics in the hell and then even had the audacity to cite noam chomsky as a reason why bds is bad it was just it was bullshit i i was really really shocked it's and like disappointed mike, it's like mike pompeo citing the intercept to explain why it's, <laughs> the wikileaks is dangerous <laughs> do you know that actually happened yeah it's fucking nuts yeah. he cited sam biddle's article sam biddle dissing julian assange for being like an egomaniac <laughs> My God. Well, and, and you know, speaking of the whole Saudi Arabia thing, meanwhile, Yemen is an actual humanitarian catastrophe while the news is obsessed about people, quote unquote, digging through the garbage in Venezuela. Um, a child dies every 10 minutes in Yemen. 300,000 people are now being threatened with a cholera outbreak. It's insane what's going on there. Um, so let's talk. It just it's just amazing. These concocted humanitarian crises on the news well, meanwhile like yemen which we are directly causing so Seriously, obvious what the we intelligence, don't see the weapons yeah. we, we, they just it's like we can only see what they choose to show us i mean there's hardly any on the ground coverage from yemen or anything tying it back to our own like that's blood on our hands there's no media coverage hardly i mean it's just not even that it's just like there's no media coverage at all about it right it's almost zero. as if it's not even happening and it's like way more brutal than anything anyone's ever accused of Assad, Assad of doing. I mean, blatantly so. Like that refugee ship that they shot at. Oh my God. Um, they just killed everyone in cold blood on board. All these unarmed refugees. Saudi Arabian military did from like a chopper. So, I mean, Assad is not, I haven't even seen anything US Assad Apache. did like that. US so, Apache helicopter. Yeah. And it's all our weaponry. It's all our shit. Um, and here's Trump touching this orb um 
and while and then going to Israel and then and then at the same time Trump's acting like just completely bizarre and retarded the whole time. Melania is <laughs> slapping his hand out of the way. Wearing Benjamin like Benjamin Netanyahu outfits. tries to go out to shake his hand and then like Trump just like mo- like w- keeps walking and like it's really yeah, that it's was just weird really as awkward. Hell. Everything's really awkward. Trump is just not on the same wavelength as a normal human. He's, he's like not a, all not there. Present. He's and he not also present. said he didn't he also insinuate that Israel was not in the Middle East. He was like, yeah. he was like, I was just in the Middle East, yeah. like while he's in Israel, sitting next yeah, to Netanyahu, and it's yeah. like, um, do you know geography? Or... Yeah. It's, just, it's absolutely nuts. Um, and you know, today, right before we did this, we just saw again um, two truck, quote unquote, terrorist attacks happen in London. I don't know, was there two Van. or one? No, there was. It was like, well, there was one on the London Bridge, apparently. And then something else happened in a market. And I don't mm-hmm. I think it was another car attack or something. But there's been... And this I mean, is on the heels of the Manchester bombing in the Ariana Grande concert where it turns out well, that, that was this in guy... Manchester. Yeah, that was that was in Ma- that yeah. was in Man. No, no, yeah, that was a that was a bomb in Manchester at this concert. Horrific tragedy. And it turns out like m- probably 99% of all of these different attacks that a it's a homegrown terrorist you know that that's never a refugee that's coming in and 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 creating this violence it's a homegrown person who grew up their whole lives in manchester and guess who his dad was he was a uk sponsored libyan rebel to oust gaddafi given weapons and money by the uk U- us government fostered by the woman who's running against corbin she was one of the lead, uh, the lead pushers of the Libyan Barbara. war. So it's just amazing. I mean, it's just amazing the, if, if it's just looking at blowback alone, you know. And so now yeah. today you have these other two attacks. Meanwhile, the, the presidential election, prime minister election, sorry, is in mere days. Corbyn, who's a Bernie Sanders, but an actual revolutionary who's actually anti-imperialist and who could cause massive damage for the British um, imperial state and and he could possibly win i mean there's polls of him neck neck with this woman so it's well, scary that all these attacks are happening because he just came out calling the war on terror total bullshit and saying that he's going to completely change policy well and I, and I hate to sound like a conspiracy theorist but like the when when stuff like this happens and it does create like these political opportunities that seem really convenient i do have to question them and and just even the manchester attack i mean they, uh, they identified the bomber awfully, awfully quickly, which to me suggests that maybe even intelligence w- had tabs on him already. And also, there's no video of the of him actually blowing himself up. It's been the first, like, suicide bombing in a while, like, a, in a major way, like, since the 7-7 bombings in, in England. So, I don't know. I have questions about it. I'm not saying it's, like, a false flag attack or anything like that, but we don't even really know who necessarily did did it and in what name of an organization like are people saying it's an isis attack because isis took credit for it i mean that's the thing that bothers me is isis can take credit for anything and they will right of course even al-qaeda right this is the this is the difference the real al-qaeda because i'm sorry but i really it's a huge pet peeve of mine the fact that the name al-qaeda just means any al-qaeda inspired group it means something very specific it's a group of wahhabists Saudi Arabians and uh, Zawahiri, led by Zawahiri, who was, I th- believe he was an Egyptian, or maybe he was Yemeni, actually, um, who had a very specific mission, and they didn't take credit for things from their official, like, uh, you know, me- media arm or whatever, 
that like weren't theirs. Like there were a lot of times where the media tried to attribute things to them and then they would issue a denial or something. I mean, even on 9-11 that happened. Um, so it is, it is interesting to think that ISIS is different in the sense that they're trying to troll us into doing shit to them mm-hmm, on a totally. daily basis. Right. On so many different levels, Al Qaeda was and really chill. Their whole comparison. thing was like is like PR. That's like yeah, ISIS's entire. That's their method. Yeah, and it's like inspired by our method. So it is like this weird feedback loop of like video game culture. Um, you know, they're tapping into the things like even the videos they made of like throwing gays off rooftops. Like maybe they did that to like troll. I hate to use that word in this context, but like troll the West into just thinking they're just like the most vile people that have ever walked the earth so it's just like nobody has you know then oh then we gotta just fucking bomb the shit out of them you know they're like the most they're the embodiment of evil it's kind of like at that point like isis has no like there was a point in the iraqi insurgency where it was still easy to be like yeah the iraqi insurgency and like these al-qaeda in iraq quote unquote you know they're doing fucked up shit but like they're still trying to fend off invaders Mm-hmm. You know, foreign invaders but now it's like isis is like gone to the point where it's like they're inviting it's recruit, too recruitment. easy to think that you know all muslims are at some level are this crazy i mean that's basically what sam harris is saying that this is the inevitable conclusion of like fundamentalist islam right is isis the islamic state which is not true but so many people on the right think that now so many of these anti-refugee people and it just really bugs me. I'm yeah, and meanwhile, JSOC that. is publishing its own snuff films of blowing up, you know, the Moab bomb. I know we've talked about this before, but I just can't believe how many people accepted that without questioning, why are we still in Afghanistan? Why are we using this enormous explosion bomb? Why is it that no one talked about the fact that 95,000 people live in this town? And after it dropped... No one was allowed to go there. Journalists were blocked. Human mm-hmm. rights people were blocked. Townspeople who evacuated, the, the people who were lucky enough to evacuate, tried to get back to their homes and they couldn't get there. Um, and we were told by the military that had locked it down, only ISIS was killed. Every headline that you read, Moab dropped on ISIS caves. I mean, it, it's just like when <laughs> you got to use critical thinking here and at a certain point, ask yourself like, how does the news immediately corroborate the fact that everyone dying is yeah. ISIS yeah. and that even that is justified? Well, that's what it's, it's really outrageous. interesting about when they're bombing ISIS territories. You know, we see civilian counts sometimes for those, but it's like a lot of people who like, I actually wouldn't put it past people like ISIS. Like, because I mean, they do such fucked up shit that they probably do shit to like involve civilians. Like, so, you know, like, inst- and I would oh, yeah, yeah, them. yeah, yeah. So it's like, have a bunch of prisoners there, like, yeah, you know, like dozens and dozens of yeah, people or captured just like slaves, or hostages, slave yeah, of course. women or whatever. Of so like all this shit really is never talked about when we just bomb ISIS exactly. territories. They're not just setting up their military units in territories. They have like mafia style lockdowns of like markets, farmers markets, uh, convenience stores child yeah. children we know that soldiers. all from that vice special which is, <laughs> had suspiciously good access to isis in. yeah totally um absolutely and and it's going to be really interesting to see what plays out in in um the uk but god i really hope corbin i just hope corbin kills it and i really hope people support him because he is amazing and i just feel like people are just politically so much more advanced um in other countries and you know here meanwhile we're 
all these different movements are just stunted obsessing over bizarre completely unfounded conspiracy theories um you know it it just seemed like I, i don't understand when this started but it's getting to the point where the pizzagate thing is almost just like an example of like what everything's going to turn into now just like spiraling completely out of control and there's no stopping it new style of thing to just to like add some context to this to when we use the term conspiracy theory we don't mean it as like a pejorative yeah like there's plenty of things that abby and i talk about that a lot of people in even on like the left side of like the media establishment would say we were conspiracy theorists who are talking and in fact that has been used again and again every time an article is written about me it calls me a 9-11 truther and discredits me yeah so that so like we know we're very aware of this and there's a difference between what i think is like examining and trying to get alternate views and like really digging into um events that happen where there's like provable crimes where you know that cause like political political wind cha- like sea changes like um like 9-11 like anthrax Gulf of Tonkin. i mean all of those things i think it's very understandable yeah, why liberty. there's a lot of conspiracies around them or just like other people trying to dig into the figure out what really happened because obviously on some level they were covered up or lied about or whatever provoked right um, but the difference between that stuff and this is, for example, Pizzagate didn't come out of like, like it didn't happen when they like broke up a child sex ring or something <laughs> like the FBI didn't do like a child sex ring sweep and then find a pizza parlor and then Pizzagate came out. This was like the exact opposite where, I mean, it, wasn't, it never resulted in that, but this was in, so crazy that the Podesta email leaks, the very last thing that WikiLeaks released, the big email dump right before the election, um, resulted in like thousands and thousands of crowdsourced researchers on 4chan, on Reddit, um, on social media, all over the place to form a conspiracy theory virtually overnight that John Podesta, his brother, and Hillary Clinton and a bunch of other Democrats were part of a secret child sex trafficking ring that also involved several businesses, uh, including two pizza parlors, not just one pizza parlor. Um, and it was fascinating in the sense that it was just so detailed and so people were so passionate about it and it snowballed so out of control so fast that it just was i'd never seen anything like it yeah it's like, like even the moon landing conspiracy like makes more sense than pizzagate it's like yeah. i can even see i could see every other major conspiracy that's become viral like that yeah. has like kernels of truth and pizzagate i yes the photos of the paintings of the kids and yes the spirit cooking stuff like these are all weird elitist art things that i can see people not you know who i've never been who have never been confronted with that kind of art or shocking like entertainment could be like extremely yeah. um, confused by it. It's culture shock. Right. People who are like in middle America and just people in general don't understand how like snobby and elitist and pretentious these political people in right. DC are. Right. Like, like he, there's rich- even an interview with him where he was like, I love that people are shocked by this painting. He was like, everyone asks me what it means. And he's like, I love that this is like the thing that 
is like a controversy in my house. It's well, like, there, okay, you're a weirdo. Yeah, there was something that almost suggested <laughs> that they have like a painting of like some like racist, violent, like murder. And then people honed in on like a couple of the pictures that like have things that could be construed as being pedophilia. Yeah, and like, look, and Robbie has a whole breakdown of this. You should watch a YouTube video that he made trying to inject some sort of truth into the sea of insanity on Pizzagate YouTube stuff. But but you have a great breakdown where you can dissect what is true from the emails and and how this kind of became viral off some some of these things and break down some sanity with it. And there is even things that I think after and I I went down the rabbit hole just because it was like interesting and fascinating to just see how fast this shit Mm -hmm. was growing it was like it was unlike any conspiracy i mean just the speed and the amount of stuff piled on top um but that's where wikileaks that when wikileaks retweeted the pizzagate story from ben swan but before that though before that they the wikileaks account retweeted the spirit cooking thing yeah and i was when you told me that my heart sunk to my feet because i was like something is really wrong now like because up until that point it was just like totally just airtight like yeah. wikileaks was like a hundred percent on point always it, extremely credible even yeah. like distance himself to like anything that we had even touched before anthrax except for which was and we should what? mention this for the record is they actually retweeted or tweeted out and said this is the best thing on podesta so far your empire files right episode. right right and then they like right before the election they tweeted out the spear cooking thing and it was I like once and, it and this is the thing is people took my podesta piece and be, and made it into a pizzagate yeah, thing and yep. it's like a million times uploaded being like abby martin exposes john podesta pizzagate yeah, yeah and people have confronted me about it and i'm like every this is the difference everything in that is airtight corruption 100 percent. yeah well why do you f- need to go further than things that you can prove well that's the interesting thing because like part of me is obviously like trying to look at this from other angles. And I was thinking, is somebody putting, pumping out a bunch of disinfo so that real things in the WikiLeaks are like ignored that could be people are committing real crimes. Like it just seems so weird that it got off on this crazy track where, um, and then, yeah, there were things in it where that like weirded me out. Like, and I talk about it on the Pizzagate thing I did with Daniel Wright. Um, and I can't really explain them away, but that doesn't <laughs> prove anything like having to do with the general thesis of the conspiracy theory, which of course, like a lot of these other styles of conspiracy theories, it sort of moved the goalpost to what they now call pedogate. You don't see people using Pizzagate anymore. It's pedogate, which means there is an elite sex trafficking ring that exists, you know, through government in Hollywood that's like immune to the law and like that's what's really happening. So it's like they just like turn it into this larger theory. It's already an older conspiracy theory that you and I have heard, you know, years ago that there's like elite pedophile rings that are also unproven. Yeah, I'm sure once you have that much power and also the, the idea of express all these things. Well, I mean, yeah, people, we need, it needs to be specified that it's like child sex trafficking implies like literally under like 10 years old. But in actuality, like the way the law uses the word child sex trafficking is they mean like anyone under age is like child sex trafficking. That's how they like go after a lot of sex uh like sex working industries mm-hmm. but anyways we're, we're getting, getting off on the yeah we're getting on off on really Pizzagate. far off on what we need to be but, talking about which is the seth rich thing which yeah so while you were in venezuela yeah trump seemed like he was about to get impeached only because the media was all talking about impeachment so i was like wow this could be really mm-hmm. happening and right in the middle of that the intensity of that it was like 
dropping like another Pizzagate style <laughs> nuclear bomb, like right before the election, Pizzagate right. happened. Uh, this was like right in the height of the impeachment talk. Uh, breaking news um, from like it was all over Twitter immediately. Like I started seeing it on my yeah. feed. Uh, Fox News, Fox affiliate in DC has proof that Seth Rich was the DNC leaker. And that was like this woman, you know, reporter from that channel in DC was basically saying that they were going to about to run evidence. And they had like a breaking story. And I was like, okay, let's see what happens. You know, I never, Joe Rogan asked you, what do you think about Julian Assange offering the reward for Seth Rich's murder? And you're like, I don't know. And I mean, and then he, Joe Rogan's like, well, what do you mean? You don't know, like if WikiLeaks is lying, doesn't that mean they lose all credibility? Like, why would they hint at it if it what if he wasn't the source? So like this whole time I was like, well, maybe he is the source, but why aren't they, you know, why are they being coy about it? I was like, you know, he could be. I mean, the whole time the after, so, and to give some yeah. context to this, after Julian Assange um, promoted the My Podesta piece, I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, for the first time, like Julian Assange is like recognizing my journalism. And then I felt so crushed that immediately after he promoted the spirit cooking and the Pizzagate thing. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. I'm just like really devastated by what I felt like was one of the most important sources of journalism and, and whistleblowing and yeah. someone that we need to like really fight to protect. Even more devastating that immediately before that he had promoted something that I felt like was really credible journalism yeah. about the leaks specifically that no one was really doing. And then he promoted a tweet actually offering a reward for Seth Rich's murder. Yeah. And so before he did that, it was kind of being floated around, but never really corroborated by anyone nearly as credible as Julian Assange. That's absolutely correct. And what's the weird thing about him latching onto it eventually was it originally came out, and I'm not sure if this is 100% verified yet, but I saw it, I think, I don't remember where I read it, but basically the Daily Caller, which is like a really generic mm -hmm. Breitbart style, like tabloid yeah. right-wing website suggested you know that he was murdered because he might be the leaker like a couple days after he was killed right they were like the first ones to suggest that and it never went really past the threshold of being like more conspiracy lore until this well actually until julian assange started yeah. hinting at it yeah. and when julian assange started hinting at it he didn't just offer a twenty five thousand dollar reward it was like wikileaks official did you know like the wikileaks organization did and then they also, Wiki, uh, Julian Assange in a videotaped interview, the the lady started asking him about sources and what do you do to protect sources and like how do you know it's not a Russian source? And then Julian Assange is like, just all just randomly mentioned, he's like, you know, there was this DNC staffer that was just like shot in the back like twice like while walking home like after, and it's like a mystery, no one solved it, so like we have to like be really protective of our sources and it wasn't the guy like what do you mean yeah and he never really julian assange is stoic as fuck i mean i watched risk recently i expected it to be a lot more incriminating somehow of julian assange being like a sexist or misogynist and it was in some ways critical of him but like the wikileaks official way overreacted at it um the only real big criticism i had about it was that it kind of almost left open the question if Russia was their source at the end, which I thought was a little bit irresponsible to like leave it. Wow, that is really weird. It didn't like the the lack of commentary made it too easy to mm, read into certain things. Right to fill in, fill in the yeah. gaps yourselves. That's interesting. But 
it is really strange to think that Julian Assange could be so not necessarily like addicted to the relevancy he has now, but like he is experiencing like a constant level of interaction with the U S political system now in a way that I don't think the organization has ever experienced really like to create this much, this many waves in like our culture on a continuing basis. And it's almost like he's gotten addicted to the, to the traffic from Pizzagate and Seth Rich or something. It might be creating like a little feedback loop with his own ego. Like he wants to keep making these waves through the political spectrum, even if he doesn't even know if Seth Rich is the leaker or he, maybe he, maybe he knows he's not the leaker. I mean, these are all possibilities to me. And let's talk about... But I, it's not... Yeah, to me, it's not enough right. that he's hinted at it that this that means Seth Rich is the leaker. Because Craig Murray, who I think is really credible... He talk was about the, who Craig Murray is. The Uzbekistan ambassador. He's an Im- British ambassador. And he is a WikiLeaks representative. Um, but Craig Murray talks in detail several times. The Daily Mirror was like the only large newspaper that reported on it. So people kind of wrote it off. Like I tried sending it to a couple of people to like show them what I meant. And they're like, oh, the Daily Mirror, it's obviously like fake news, like bullshit. But if you hear him talk about it, he actually got did an interview on the Scott Horton show about it. And he tells the whole situation about how he actually got a handoff of like a USB thumb drive in a DC park from a, from a third party that wasn't the source in a park for the DNC leaks. And like you listen to him tell this story and it was like really actually before Russiagate like blew up into as crazy of a, of a thing as it is now. Um, and he and he didn't really like make a huge point to like go out there and like use that as a counterattack against like the DNC hacking theories either. He just sort of like casually threw it out there and very like nonchalantly described the situation and how he knows it's, it wasn't hacked. He was just talking about the general idea that it came from a hack. And nobody talks about it. And it's just interesting that not even in this situation, like why Craig Murray hasn't mentioned Seth Rich. Craig Murray actually even kind of suggests that he doesn't even know who the actual, that he doesn't know who the source is. So if the guy like doing the handoff doesn't know, was he just purposely compartmentalized by Julian Assange so he wouldn't know who the sources and Julian Assange knows who the source is? I mean, that's the part. So, like, everybody putting all this faith in WikiLeaks for thinking they must know it's Seth Rich, otherwise they wouldn't be doing this, is where, to me, it falls apart. Because I actually, based on what we just talked about, irresponsibly tweeting out stuff about Pizzagate, Ben Swan's Pizzagate special, you know, some of the things he talks about in it, yeah, they're credible individual elements. But, like, I've seen much better breakdowns of Pizzagate, actually, like, than what he posted like if you actually want to get to like the specific claims and stuff, like it was just odd that Julian Assange would post that. Um, and I do, it does sort of sm- smell a little bit like it is like sort of information war. Like he's just playing into this information trolling. war paradigm. Trolling. Yeah. Like trolling on like a really powerful level. Like people have a lot of faith in Julian Assange. Especially, you know, he knows it's that quote that he himself used. I do not forgive. I do yeah. not forget. Yeah. He's he's spent I mean, how many years on house arrest? Can you imagine? I mean, that's basically almost like solitary confinement. You can't go outside. You know that there's like militarized troops 
right outside your door ready to arrest and extradite you essentially because of course sweden said they couldn't promise that he wouldn't right uk yeah. said that he, they couldn't promise that he wouldn't so what does that mean it means that he will be um and you know your number one enemy is the u.s government i mean as much as we hate the empire imagine what julian assange goes through on a daily basis well, i don't know what that does to a person yeah i it's mean it's really hard to know yeah and i do definitely like sympathize for his predicament like i mean it's a must be really fucked up situation like i don't i didn't believe the rape thing you know when it happened like i was like totally on his side and like maybe his whole premise that it was all set up to get him extradited to the united states is true i mean it's possible he really probably did piss off a, a huge amounts of people in the u.s government i don't think that could be denied that he is a probably very much a wanted man and they're ready to like do whatever they can. But the fact that he's been able to pull this off and stay in the embassy, it's impressive. And it also like in some ways could make any normal person crack. But it's also I mean, like the sympathy to Trump and the alt-right is where he loses me because we, I mean, come on, Trump will do anything to please the establishment. Look at what he's done so far. He's, he's gone, yeah. you know, the Israel, the Saudi Arabia stuff. He's He's gone out of his way to talk about how, you know, WikiLeaks, have his people make clear what's going to happen to Assange and That's what true, they want to yeah. do with WikiLeaks. So it's almost like, he, it's like almost overkill um, to crush any hopes of pardoning, amnesty, whatever for Assange. Yeah. Well, I, so it's like, why the sympathy for Trump and, and his followers I, I mean unless you are one well that's the thing what if like let's say in theory and i and i and just for the record i think we should say you know if he ever listens to this or if anybody from wikileaks ever listens to this that we th we think the whole russia working with wikileaks thing is total bullshit oh yeah of course you know it's um, totally unfounded I, I think that and and the things that they released during the election, the DNC leaks, like I'm not one of those people who thinks that they're releasing all the email addresses and shit was wrong. Like I'm no. Yeah, that's fine. Like, right. if and, I I were, and then thank you, Assange, if you are listening to this, thank you for releasing Afghanistan as the country that the intercept was actually going to refuse to like, you really did an amazing thing by doing that. Thank yeah. you for your work. And that's not what we're talking about. I mean, this is, this is where it loses me is like the part where it turned into what seemed like trolling and propping up and signal boosting these bizarre horrible figures on the alt-right i don't understand it well let's okay someone actually raised this point to me and i heard them out because even let's say in theory what if julian assange is sort of letting his own politics guide the wikileaks social media arm let's say because, like, I don't know if he's running the Twitter account. It seems like he is because it sort of lines up with his own Twitter account, which is not verified yet, hilariously enough. But it actually is his real Twitter account. Um, and there's also a fake one that's just, like, totally alt-right. He's, like, said that he doesn't want it to be verified, though. Oh, yes. he hasn't tried to, yeah. It's oh, yeah, he also to threatened verified. to dox people who had verified Twitter accounts. <laughs> <laughs> like he's like hmm, maybe i should like try to leak like get a leak of like everybody's personal information who's verified or something what that doesn't make any sense because now the verification process is like i know extremely he, simple he probably was yeah so that's what in general that's what makes me think he is 
absorbing too much alt-right media like even just that comment makes it seem like oh they don't like verify like conservatives and like people who only you know only people certain politics they'll verify but let's just say he is more sympathetic to the right-wing side of the political spectrum this right-wing populism let's say he has let sort of his hatred for hillary clinton and the democrats like blind or just like push him more to the right should we be accepting of should we let that reflect on the WikiLeaks organization's content that they put out? And should we, And should we? you know, maybe we don't like Julian Assange's politics, but what about the organization? You know, can you separate it from that? And I don't care if Julian Assange is a right winger. I really don't. What, what we're talking about is when the WikiLeaks official account turned into airtight, 100% factual reporting to promotion of these yeah. things and that's what i don't understand well well i mean then that i th really think the best explanation is that he decided to play into the modern information war paradigm in right. a way that they resisted before and tried to stay above it right they wanted to be this like we only do like hard hitting like just cutting through everything like just indisputable factual journalism and we only like reference shit that like uses our leaks to build convincing cases or things that are associated with our leaks. But now it's like the right-wing tabloid media has ran so hard with their leaks and all these crazy ways that a lot of ways aren't true and are just logical leaps, you know, huge logical leaps, are now WikiLeaks runs those. I mean, spirit cooking was the tip of the iceberg, but the Pizzagate one is a good example. But in a way, maybe Julian Assange sees all the traffic coming to his website and it's like it's all from Pizzagate. I mean, if you want to actually look at a breakdown of how who's coming to his website, like after, especially during the peak of the election cycle, and then like now, it's probably ninety percent Pizzagate, Seth Rich conspiracy, like right wing forums and stuff. It's what has made the Seth Rich thing viral because people trust WikiLeaks, um, and and really people believe that he is the source because of this. And it's just like, how far are you willing to go to troll? Um, and to start shit and yeah i mean it's really and put your whole credibility on the line especially when there's so much scrutiny on wikileaks like yeah it was like at the height of the scrutiny from both political parties he had like made enemies with everyone and it's like you think that you would be at the top of your game yeah <laughs> it's it, yeah he's he's definitely tapping into this you can't argue against that power this really crazy conspiracy snowball that's just like determined to make everybody on one side of the political spectrum think that like the the other side is like ordering hits it's like this and it's gone i mean it's gone nuclear like it never it's never been at that level of like divide divide before where like every like so many people on the right thought that so many people on the left who are like in democratic party are like somehow collaborating on assassinating one of their own <laughs> employees i mean it's really, really intense. And but even the assassination itself, or not even the assassination, even the conspiracy itself, to me, doesn't hold much water. And I hate to bring up David Pacman show, but David Pacman broke down like how many robberies actually happen in this neighborhood, like every week. 
And the number is pretty high Yeah, and of armed robberies. It's like Seth Rich didn't live in like a rich, he didn't live in Georgetown. Like, Well, their their whole talking point is how is it a botched robbery if nothing was stolen? And why would they kill him? Why would the CIA him? or whoever's doing this, a hired assassin, be so stupid to not steal something after they assassinate exactly. a source? Or if a hitman was hired, why would they leave him alive? He apparently was oh, talking. Oh, I didn't know he was left he, alive. He, he, he was alive for like 30 minutes. So the actual, the conspiracy, the Seth Rich conspiracy pushing p- folks, oh, wow. they have that. actually concocted an addition to the theory that the ER was also in on it and the doctors were there and told to stand down and let him die. That's how like crazy the conspiracy, like, and they have like an on 4chan post claiming to be a doctor in the <laughs> ER. I, sw- I swear to you, this is how the level it's already at. And I see them coming through. Oh my God. Jared Beck. The guy who's behind the DNC fraud lawsuit, he's posting fake letters from Seth Rich's girlfriend that Seth Rich's girlfriend never wrote, and that they were posted on uh, 4chan or whatever. Oh, talk about who the guy is who's running with the whole the PI. Well, this is stuff. okay. Yeah, we got to back up a little bit to how the Seth Rich thing really came back. Why during this impeachment right. stuff it came back into media headlines right. and it exploded and went Pizzagate style nuclear is because a Fox affiliate in DC ran with uh, the story with a local PI, a former Homeland Security, low-level Homeland Security agent PI named Rod Wheeler, who said that he had evidence in a source in the FBI who claimed that there was evidence that Seth Rich was communicating with WikiLeaks, meaning that he was the leaker, right? So everyone was like super excited about this. They ran the story. He didn't say, he didn't provide any new evidence. It was obvious from watching the story to me at least, and you said you had the same reaction after seeing the headline for it and, and watching some of it is that it was a fake news story. Right. Like it wasn't like, oh, someone's like staging this. It was like, who is this PI working right. for? And like, why now? Like right where I, the timing was super odd to me because it was like deployed during like Trump's weakest moment. Meanwhile, Roger Stone has already been like hinting at this and he's one of Trump's advisors. It's like he is a dirty tricks master. Yeah. You know, and this and it's like these this is what these people do. (laughs) Yeah. And he got a story of his months ago in uh, a local 10 o'clock news report about how he claiming that he was uh, someone tried to kill him in a car, like a blacked out (laughs) windows SUV, tried to run him off the road. And it was like a like an assassination attempt. So. Honestly, I mean, I'm not saying he's behind this, but this is not just this PI going out on his own. Someone, there is some kind of like right wing weird agitation machine that is concocting this that could be working on behalf, on the behest of Trump or his own people. Or Mercer or who knows. And also people took screenshots of this and this probably happens way more often than we even know. But when the story was becoming viral on Twitter, it was it was a it was an injection of bots. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not an organic revival of the, the story. It was literally the same tweet from like mi- like thousands of different accounts. Mm-hmm. And when something like that happens, there is a massive amount of money behind that. Yeah, that's and that could have been done like in China or right. or somewhere that just has like a bunch of computers running on automation make I mean there's like click farms yeah. all over the world yeah that do they're this super type of crazy shit. people need to look up those videos it's so nuts. whoever's doing like the click farm stuff they can also do like Twitter bot stuff and this is what I meant earlier in the podcast where maybe some of these like media 
people who are trying to concoct some sort of media or Russian conspiracy behind all this like political operating happening that seems really dirty. They're actually seeing something that's partly real, but it's not Russian. Like the Russian bot idea, the Russian Mm -hmm, trolls. mm -hmm. I've seen way more examples of what you're talking about online that seem like they're like right wing bots. Like just saying crazy shit to like, like make it like create like it's more of a divide in like the political spectrum, like constantly happening. I mean, so yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that's what I think sometimes. But. Yeah. And, and it's important to point out also that these people have manipulated every single thing that they can. Like, of course, Seth Rich's parents are in on it, right? His brother is fake. Um, all yeah. this stuff. And and meanwhile, his brother is trying to appeal to Sean Hannity, who's been the only mainstream figure to actually take this on because he's an idiot. And even Fox had to retract their story. Like, that's how absurd of a fever pitch this has become. Uh, an actual fake news outlet right, has had to retract a story for the first time in a long time. If you subtract <laughs> WikiLeaks talking about it and hinting at him being the source, if you subtract that from the equation, take everything else about the Seth Rich theories and combine all together, it's actually weaker, far weaker case than even the Pizzagate conspiracy. Right. Like it literally, like it really, there are some things in Pizzagate where I'm like, that's weird. I still think that this, I don't, there actually is nothing I've seen so far, even including the actual, yeah, the fact that the police decided it was a botched robbery and they don't really, like, that's not really explained why they thought it was a botched robbery. I mean, it seems like pretty likely that it probably was like a mugging or a robbery of some kind, like gone wrong and he got shot. That's a possibility. Um, but yeah, they like, so what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is, um, there's just nothing that I can point to in the Seth Rich theories that has real legs to it. I well, mean, here's aside what people from are going to talking about, but here's what people are going to say. Okay. There's several layers to this. First of all, his parents also came out and said that he was about to get a job with Hillary's campaign. Like the day he got murdered, he was actually like, I just got a job offer with like Hillary and I'm super excited about it. So the whole premise is that he was a diehard Bernie fan who wanted to take down Hillary. Secretly. Right. And his parents have also come out and begged the press, begged them to stop um, running with unfounded conspiracy theories because it's completely destroying their family and desecrating the memory of Seth Rich. Completely understandable. His brother appealed to Sean Hannity. Please stop. Completely understandable. Here's what people are going to say to you. Kim.com. Oh yeah, Kim.com jumped in. I didn't even want to really talk about him because he's such a non... I mean, I, don't, I hate that phrase, nothing burger, but I don't know what else to call what he uh, added to this This is another this guy whole. I will not forgive and forget. This is another guy who's like basically facing extradition, essentially. Yeah, he has a conflict of interest. He says that he has evidence, again, just like what this PI said, pretty much repeating the same thing, but not bringing any to the table. That he was in contact with Seth Rich. He knows Seth Rich was the WikiLeaks leaker. He knows he was killed by the DNC. And then he knows his alias was Panda, which is like this Bernie supporting account that could actually be Seth Rich's um, account. Like, I don't disbelieve the idea that he was a Bernie supporter at one time. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people who were working for the DNC were Bernie supporters. You have to remember... Yeah, the DNC was rigged against Bernie Sanders. Like, we know that now. But there were obviously people working there who were probably not, like, that thrilled with Hillary either. That doesn't mean, like, it's... So, like, to think that 
he maybe had like a little Reddit account that he used that he would talk about Bernie Sanders sometimes on, like as like a huge windfall of evidence to be like, oh my God, <laughs> this means that he was secretly about to leak all this dirt on Hillary Clinton because he knew that Bernie was being screwed. Like that is such a leap. Right. Just like what we were saying before, like that people who work for RT might support Trump. It's like, well, dude, he's the president. He's like running for president. Like, of course there'd be people like half, you know, it's like split down the middle. Like Republicans vote for Trump. Like, why does that mean it's a Russian conspiracy? Like, you know, like, right. Yeah, totally. So such nonsensical, logical leaps that people take. I mean, so it is. Yeah. it's really Yeah. And for people who haven't been following it, I mean, Kim.com came out in the height of all of this and, and stuff going on and said like, I have proof. And it's like, Whoa, Kim, um, haven't seen you in a few years. Like, what have you been up to? And he's just like, come visit my website in a couple of days. And I'm going to on this day and this time. And I'm like, drop the evidence. And it's everyone's like, Oh my like God, statement I knew will... it was bullshit the whole time. I was just like, what is going on? Like I was already so confused about the WikiLeaks stuff the Fox affiliate thing, the PI, and then here comes Kim.com, like the icing on the cake. I was just like, this is absolutely not happening. And I'm in Venezuela and I was just like, this was like the only thing that I even tuned into when so you, I was there. Oh, wow, I was just like, funny. this is so crazy. It was like the only thing I even wrote about yeah. other than being there because I just had to say something because I just couldn't believe it. I was like, cute. Like all this panda stuff is super cute and charming, Kim, but like, where is the evidence? What do any of you have to lose by providing it? It's like Julian Assange is facing extradition. Kim.com has nothing to lose and neither does Julian. To be honest, the source is dead. If Seth Richards is the source, he's dead. And also a bunch of people were telling me and I, we put out a poll, like I tweeted out a little poll that you retweeted and it got, I don't know, probably got like over a thousand votes by now mm-hmm. I mean, look at it I'm gonna tell um, you the so basically the poll was asking is julian is, is wikileaks irresponsibly trolling with hinting at seth rich being the leaker or do they have actual evidence wow it's actually now okay so now it's almost 1200 votes mm-hmm. trolling 48 percent has evidence 52 percent so 48 percent of our followers between me and abby think that WikiLeaks is trolling, but what's actually winning the vote so far is that they have evidence. Um, so people, a lot of people, that shows how split down the middle it is that people think that have like 100% faith in WikiLeaks, like honesty, that they must not have some evidence that Seth Rich is the leaker. Otherwise, they wouldn't hint at it because it's inarguable that they are hinting at it. And they're not just hinting at, and this is also the troubling thing, they're not just hinting at the fact that he was the leaker. They're also issuing a reward for his murder, which implies that he was murdered because he was the leaker. And uh, WikiLeaks official Twitter posted a John Podesta email like days after they posted the Rod Wheeler uh, DC Fox affiliate news report saying that we need to make an example of the leaker. So like, what is he trying to do there? He's trying to... Oh, and then just like hashtag Seth Rich and all this shit. Hashtag Hillary Clinton. <laughs> or the guy, the PI or what, the DNC yeah. lawsuit guy. Oh, yeah. Guy. So, so we need to go into that a little bit too because if anybody is following me on Twitter, you probably saw I got like sucked into like arguing with all these YouTube... Um, they're kind of like t- Young Turks-esque like indie journalists who are all sort of like have their own clique outside of... Young Turks on YouTube, H.O. Goodman, 
uh, Nico House, um, Sane Progressives. Um, uh, Tim Black is not really as, he wasn't as invested in this, but there were some other people. And it started with this weird rift fight that I was like, what the hell is going on here? There's this big blowout happening where yeah. people are like, Chank is a sellout because so he dumb. won't cover the DNC fraud lawsuit. And I was already at that point. I'm not like, like Chank and me don't share similar politics hardly at all anymore, especially after he went along with the idea that Russia hacked our election. Like at that point, I'm like, okay, I kind of have to take a break for a while, you know, maybe go back when Chank is more on the same page as me. But like other people at TYT were still doubling down on the idea that there's no evidence. Michael Tracy, Jordan Cheriton were both still very much invested in the idea and they had research to prove it, that there was no evidence that mm-hmm. this was this happened, that Russia swayed our election. It was WikiLeaks source. So all of a sudden, people, all these people were calling Chank a sellout for not covering the DNC fraud lawsuit. And then all of a sudden, all these people were calling Jordan Cheriton a sellout and a smear artist for making a video about H.A. Goodman and Nico House, and he got Nico House, I think, confused with Tim Black because they were both black right. and thought they were both the same guy. So Jordan got himself in trouble with all these like TYT outliers for not for like talking shit about the DNC fraud lawsuit and saying how it's like, here's why we're not covering it, and then also sort of dissing on the lawyers who were bringing forward the DNC lawsuit. And the whole time I was thinking, oh. Maybe they Jordan fucked up, or maybe the DNC lawsuit was like really good and it was a good idea. It sounded in theory like a good thing. Right. It was using the WikiLeaks content, proving <laughs> that the election was rigged against Bernie Sanders to stage a class action lawsuit against the DNC. I was like, that's a smart idea. It's clever. What I found out was quickly was that all these TYT outliers who started calling TYT sellouts and Jordan a sellout, they were now going after Michael Tracy because he was just not covering the DNC fraud lawsuit either. So they started being like, why are you going to cover this? You sell out. Like, you're just like Jordan and Chank. And then boom, the Seth Rich thing happened. And all of a sudden, the lawyers heading the DNC lawsuit, fraud lawsuit, all these TYT outliers, including H.A. Goodman, Nico House, same progressive, like all these people who were already criticizing TYT for not covering the DNC fraud lawsuit started like hammering uh, TYT and all the Young Turks people for not covering Seth Rich. And they're like, we knew you were sellouts. You're not going to cover Seth Rich now. Like we're all, and they all started getting sucked down the Seth Rich conspiracy rabbit hole. And none of them actually ran with Pizzagate, which I found really fascinating. They never ran with that. Even though Mm. people like H.A. Goodman were like obsessive about the Podesta leaks. Like, he looked over them with a fine-tooth comb. Like, and he still didn't say anything about Pizzagate. He did not. And then, but just, he took everything with the Seth Rich stuff just completely at face value and, like, reported on almost all of it as true. And I was just, like, astonished. And all the, these people did, too. And it actually, like, created this weird rift where it was, like, all these Bernie or Bust people are, like, more to the left than TYT and thought TYT or sellouts are now, like, running all like tons of twitter accounts with this idea that seth rich was killed by hillary's people or the dnc and i was just like wow this is nuts because pizzagate didn't infect parts of the left left at all i mean i've seen this from a distance and i i don't have anything bad to say about any of these people i I really like tim black i went on his show it was really great um but yeah i mean it, it is really interesting to run 
run with the Seth Rich thing when you haven't run with Pizzagate, you know, when it is kind of coming from the same source, which is WikiLeaks, you know, corroborating a story. And that's what I'm, I'm assuming some of these people are basing their premise on, which was why would WikiLeaks it's exactly give, what it was, yeah. you know, give this story credence if it didn't have legs. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's really sad to see so much infighting. And it's sad because I love Jank and I know people from the Young Turks personally and I think it... They do great work, and it's sad to see so much energy catapulted against them as, like, quote-unquote sellouts or whatever for not covering the DNC lawsuit, considering who's running Well, that's the, the weird DNC thing. Lawsuit. This guy named Jared Beck and his wife, I think, I don't know if she's a lawyer. I'm not sure. I just assumed it was a credible lawsuit, and I started to be like, well, maybe these people have a point. Maybe the DN maybe Chank is not covering it because it looks really too bad for the DNC. Like, I actually kind of started believing it, and then I started looking at this guy's Twitter feed, um, and I didn't even realize at first he was the lawyer. I just thought he was like a popular Seth Rich conspiracy guy, because I immediately was like, <laughs> I need to dive into this rabbit hole and follow all the main Seth Rich accounts right, right, like we're talking right. seth rich and you didn't know that, this, that was the lawyer exactly was like this crazy. guy was one of them and as soon as i realized it's like oh my god now it makes sense why n all these people weren't touching the lawsuit because if they had seen this guy's social media presence they would have just thought he was like a kook so it immediately like made sense to me and i, and I back i just like reversed what i had already thought that like maybe they weren't touching it for like a not so honorable reason, but now it makes sense. Like they just weren't touching it because something didn't smell right with it. I mean, like, so if this is the main way that we're gonna get back at the DNC, that all these like hardcore like Bernie or Bus people are like rallying against, it seems like it just sabotaged out of the gates. I mean, who is the, this guy? Like, what? I mean, where I does he come know. from? Is he a right winger? Is no, he, apparently not. What has he done before? He looks kind of like a stoner, like kind of like hippie-ish lawyer guy like that you would see in like the Bay Area. And I what don't, is his I honestly, Twitter account like? So this is the funny part is as soon as I realize it, I was like, oh my God. I was like, he literally has five, like four or five retweets of the Kekistani Nazi, green Nazi flag on his Twitter account. And I was like, this is, Wait, this is bad. Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> he retweeted the poll 4chan message board official Twitter account that has as their logo the Kekistani flag that was talking about Seth Rich. And then the next day he posted a meme with a childhood picture of Seth Rich that at the bottom said, Killery murdered me. And I was like, holy fuck, like this is the lawyer who's representing oh all these God. really oh my God. honorable people who know Bernie Sanders was like screwed out of, I was just like, I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. And then I started going back oh in his Twitter God. account and it was like full blown pizza gate. <gasps> Like pushing too. It was like, oh my god. So there's wow. The, so there wow, already wow, is wow, some wow, kind wow. of. I mean, you know me. I thought oh. it felt it all seemed like some kind of weird psyop to me, but it's just really unfortunate to see it now kind of crossing over to this level. You know, man. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know where to go from here. It's so confusing because I feel like already it's hard to know who to trust you know and now yeah. i just feel like what this assange WikiLeaks stuff is just so confusing to me i just i just wish that i could can ask him about it or confront him about it i mean or someone would mm -hmm. that does an interview with him and just really ask him like what the hell are you doing what the hell are you doing i mean like i already <laughs> going on? i am very like supportive of what they do and their mission 
statement and everything, but like, if I'm going to be fully honest, and I'm sure, you know, Julian Assange doesn't let criticism slip by him. I mean, I don't know, you know, he might completely disown you and me if he hears this, but I, I mean, I hope he doesn't, but like, I guess risk after seeing the rough cut of it, like he basically disowned like Laura Poitras and like, it was like such an insult to him. But like in reality, like the movie was not, I didn't think it was that critical of him. I thought it could have been even more. I mean, I was surprised at their reaction to it, you know, like how much they reacted to it. Um, and he, and in the movie, apparently he told her he, like she is now like his enemy basically. Um, so it's, I mean, it sucks, but like, you know, I criticized WikiLeaks years, years ago on our podcast about, um, the Garani massacre thing, because that just never sat right with me. Like, I remember w waiting for that movie to come out because they said they promised it was going to be this sort of this, the one, two punch collateral murder. And then they were going to release it proof of an Obama war crime where over 130 people died in Afghanistan in, in a single airstrike. So I, I just can't, the, the reasoning for why that never came out, and you can read all about it online, it's very detailed. The most recent iteration of the reason is on a Reddit AMA with Julian Assange. Um, I never fully believed it. So I don't think they have a 100% perfect track record. I still very much believe in what their leaking does and how it affects the dialogue. Um, but yeah, it's very hard to feel like the WikiLeaks social media presence is now, it's gone off in a very different direction than what mm, I would prefer. Than what the organization yeah. should be. Yeah. Which which is what I really support. Of course, I 100% support everything that WikiLeaks represents and will continue to do so. Um, it's the most important thing that we can protect right now. But yeah, I mean, the, the presence of the social media makes, makes me think that it has gone into um, a trolling type sphere which is super disappointing and, and I think very highly irresponsible um, and you know let, let's wrap it up here on a good note I mean like I'm not and I'm not at all I just want to make sure people realize this because whenever I go in this direction and I hate people who like try to debunk you know consp conspiracy just to be contrarian you know Especially, like, ones that are have validity to them. And, like, yeah, I mean, it's worth examining and wondering, like, if you still have faith in WikiLeaks, like, 100% faith in everything they do, and you don't think they are capable of stretching the truth or, you know, not saying their leaks are, can be stretched. I mean, those are all verifiably real. I'm just saying the way that they behave in their PR apparatus. If you have 100% faith in that, I'm I'm not, like, trying to shame you for thinking that there's something to the idea that Seth Rich is the leaker, or maybe that he was even killed. WikiLeaks hinted at it. That's undeniable. Um, but I just think you need... It's it's not enough for me. Um, and I don't... And I also don't think it should be enough for you, because honestly, as good as WikiLeaks is, I don't think you should have 100% faith in anyone in this game. I mean... And it is a game. It really is clear that it's a game. And... And, you know, the Kim.com thing, once he jumped in, I was just like, this is turning into a, a carnival. And even Roger Stone came out and was like, Kim.com is full of shit. And I was like, this is just becoming yeah. a circus. It's like, if Roger Stone trying to debunk Kim.com, WikiLeaks never corroborating Kim.com's bullshit. 
And it was just like, what is happening here? It was just like a bunch of people trying to ride the coattails of a false story to get publicity. And it was so irresponsible and extremely insulting to Seth Rich's family. And we're not saying that he wasn't killed well, this or is anything. I'm just saying that I want to wait till evidence yeah. arises. And I did do think this is to be mentioned, too, because WikiLeaks even stoked the flames of the idea that his family might you know, deserve a little bit of oh, more Oh, yeah, respect. say the PI thing. They, well, they posted a thing saying that like his representative was like a yeah. DNC PR yeah. spokesman, and it's like, okay, but it's it's just another hint. Like you know how people are gonna run with that. Like he know that's the thing. He's yeah. smart enough. He's obviously a very intelligent guy. He knows how the conspiracy machine's gonna run with that, even if it's just the fact that. He's in D.C. and he know and his family knows other people who are like involved in political jobs and work for the D.N.C. Like, it's just it's not enough evidence to suggest that his family is being controlled, which is obviously the inference that his family is like under control of the D.N.C. And also stoking these stoking these flames. We know what happened with Pizzagate. Someone went and tried to shoot up the place. Exactly, could have killed people. And Mike Cernovich, just like the Portland uh, stabbing, immediately went on his like Periscope and started saying that it was a false flag and it's like a setup to like entrap people like Pizzagate researchers. Immediately, immediately, and they were like, "Look, he's on IMDb." He's been in a movie. He's a crisis actor. They hired him. And it's like, wait, so you're telling me the people who stage false flag events hire actors with IMDb credits? <laughs> like, are you that fucking stupid? Like, if a black ops like team really wanted to do something like that, they would hire a guy who's on IMDb. It's just so stupid. That's like James Fetzer's whole thing. It's like, oh, he has, he's an actor. The guy in the Boston bombing. It. It's like, wow. They move the goalposts. They do it. They take yep. all these... Things from conspiracy culture that can be useful in other scenarios and take the worst elements and use them to like form their own awful controlled opposition counter narrative. It's so awful. It's directly, in some ways, piped out from the White House. They, Mike Cernovich has stories coming out that are from White House sources. He's in the press podium with oh, doing the OK sign. He's standing <laughs> behind it. Gotcha. Trump gotcha. is literally letting in alt right tabloid. <laughs> clickbait journalist into the White House, like into the press pool. And he's not let in like a single foreign policy, like critic journalist, like Robert Perry or any of those type no, of people. Of in. Not. Even people who are like defending them, who are like on the left, who not letting them in. He's only letting in like the craziest, like <laughs> clickbait, alt-right, right-wing people. It's insane. Absolutely insane. <laughs> Yeah, this whole time it's like here Trump is president. It's like we're talking about this kind of like alternative thing that is a narrative that's growing. It's like meanwhile Trump is president, putting shit up from the top down that is just fake all the time. It's just yeah. the most surreal environment that we're living in. What's well, the most solidified <laughs> this idea of controlled opposition has ever been? Part of the establishment, this Trump counter faction or whatever, you know, uh, has figured out a way to tap into like this counter mainstream media narrative that's all locks up now and just like totally turn it into this like and like have not like give nods to it all the time like yeah. trump giving nods to like total lockstep counter narrative that is controlled opposition that doesn't mean that there's some puppet masters controlling it all it just means to get the counter like the opposition to be lockstep that is that's controlled opposition that's what that means exactly so exactly and that's exactly what we're seeing yeah and for, yeah, Julian Assange to say, like, that the family could somehow be involved because 
you know, obviously they have to be, right? If they're going to hire someone who's a DNC operative to mm -hmm. whitewash their son's murder. And, you know, in the climate that we're living in where gunmen are going into um, Comet Pizza and, and doing these things, it's like someone could attack Seth Rich's family. It's like this it is happen, not yeah. a joke. Yeah, and I mean, you have to be honest about, like, real investigative journalism, it takes a lot of time. Um, you can't start with the conclusion and then just to only find and follow path of evidence based on what you want the conclusion to be. That's not how it works. Real reporting involves, like, even if you're intrigued about the idea that WikiLeaks is hinting that Seth Rich is the leaker and, like, making light of his murder and stuff, offering rewards, I mean, do some on-the-ground reporting about it and then, like, be patient and actually, like, talk to sources and, like, talk to real people and don't just like go on the internet every three hours to try to get clicks on your YouTube videos talking about how the new shit you've found about Seth Rich. I mean, some of these people are not even like offering any of their own information. They're just like repeating any new tweet that comes in. You know, that's not, to me, that's not how this type of research should be done. When you're dealing with like the death of someone, if you think there's any suspicious nature to it, I just think you need to be like really seriously careful and like responsible and if you're very dedicated to it be thorough about researching it i mean like m even the michael hastings stuff like i feel like that didn't even get a good you know that really hasn't even been thoroughly investigated i think in like a, the way it really needed to be it's just sort of like in the ether we don't really know what i mean that and that to me just seems way more like wow that that is really suspicious but Again, like, we don't have proof. Yeah, like, in, you know, the more following that I have on social media, the more actually cautious I am, and I've become way less reactionary over the years. I mean, um, because I've realized that you have a responsibility as a journalist, right? It's like you aren't an activist anymore. You cannot come out there unless you have evidence for all of your claims because the claims are bad enough. The proof is there for how horrible shit is. We don't need to make any leaps or exaggerations whatsoever. That's how bad it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so I'm just super airtight now and I, I feel like so much of this world on social media and this fake news hysteria is just reactionary, reactionary, reactionary in this 24 hour news cycle. And it, it it's awful. It's, it's a horrible way to ingest and dissect media. It's toxic as hell. Um, and we are not responsible people or citizens engaging in society right now. Like, I know that it's traumatic that Trump is our president. Believe me, I wake up every day in like a constant state of depression and disbelief. But we have to act responsibly right now because of what we're talking about right now. The controlled opposition, the dueling narratives. It's a dangerous, dangerous time. And it's, it is an information war. Yeah. Alex Jones had the right website name. Um, he hijacked a really great concept that is true that exists yeah. that we're battling every day um yeah. and it is going back to the war on the left it's like this controlled opposition to make the left be demonized um and we need to fight back against this because that that's our only hope to build a real yeah. opposition against the u.s empire and the forces that are manipulating all of us right now it's horrifying i mean I would just recommend, honestly, take a break from Twitter, go go on a nature walk, definitely turn off CNN, because you'll just get Russia, Russia, Russia there, and then on Twitter, it's just mind-numbing, 
toxic reactionary garbage so much that it just it, it, it sucks your soul so just you know read a book I actually have been reading a lot lately and I feel like I, I f it makes me really happy um, and and do an investigation I mean there's nothing more rewarding than actually doing like in-depth research on one topic and really feeling like you can have a grasp on it you know and I feel like that's that's what I'm gonna try to do yeah. um, before I can go out and have like a voice of authority on something I mean the people who are so skeptical over Russiagate it's understandable skepticism apply that same level of skepticism towards everything you, you ingest I mean from all sides yeah if you see things that say claiming to be from an ER doctor in the operating room <laughs> trying to save Seth Rich from 4chan you wouldn't trust that about Russiagate. Someone saying that, you know, claiming to be a Russian hacker posting on 4chan saying, I work for Putin and I hacked the DNC. He'd be like, that's bullshit. Someone, anyone could have posted that. So why would you believe that automatically that just fits your own, what you want to believe? Like, it's totally irresponsible, in my opinion, to do that. It's one thing when, like, a traumatic, earth shattering event happens and you want to try to make sense of it. That's one thing. This is not at that level at all. We don't know who the leaker is. I think it's possible, and I'm not saying this for sure, that WikiLeaks also may not know who the actual leaker mm -hmm. is. That's possible. And that rate that could also raise other problems for them, you know, that maybe that's how the intelligence agencies or whatever have found an in to try to smear WikiLeaks because maybe ultimately they don't know. So they can't say for sure. That it's not Russia or whatever. I don't know, but um, it. I, I think there's a lot of possibilities happening. It's possible they have evidence Rich is the leaker and they're trolling. But it's not like definitive proof he's the leaker. I mean, there's all sorts of possibilities here. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening to Media Roots Radio. Please go on our iTunes account and rate us. You can also subscribe there as well as SoundCloud, and please donate to us on Patreon. Thank you so much for everyone who already donates. We only release an episode and take your money when we do release an episode. Um, we really appreciate all of your support. We'd love to hear your feedback and what you think about everything that we talked about tonight on our social media accounts. And join the poll on our Media Roots Twitter about what you think about the WikiLeaks thing. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Talk to you soon. Peace out, everybody. Thank you for listening. Check out a very heavy agenda. So I still have plenty of DVDs of available. <laughs> <laughs>